the Never Gets Old podcast, the podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics, with your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nick Narrow. Look for us on YouTube and Facebook. I am your co-host, Nick Narrow. And I'm Mac Jackson. Um, lots of stuff. Uh, since we, we didn't actually get to address it last time, what was the Back to the Future news? Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. I'm excited about it anyway. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of our other nerdy listeners will probably be excited about it as well. Um, basically... I just found out about this uh, recently just through clicking links and, and, and hearing about it on forums and whatever. But apparently, um, Lego has this program, the Lego company, um, called Lego Cuso. I believe it's like C-U-U-S-O is how it's spelled. But what they do is um, you go on this website and um, if you're like a really you know, intense builder, which I'm not. Like, I don't design my own stuff. I kind of just get what sure. they put out, and then I'm happy with it, whatever. Um, but for all those, like, sets you've seen built for, for, like, Lord of the Rings before the Lord of the Rings stuff came out, like, those those crazy builders who are awesome and detailed and everything, like, there's this website now run by the Lego company themselves where you can submit a um a set or an idea or, or like uh you know like a concept yeah a concept even if it's like digitally done or whatever for a lego set um and then if like people go on this website and they vote on the sets that they like by by random people and if a set gets 10,000 votes uh, it will go in front of a board of directors for the for this Lego Cuso side project, and whichever one they decide is the best gets made. Now I guess they've done like a Minecraft set. They've done a couple of other really cool sets um, that people have designed, but the one that they picked to come out uh, this quarter, they do it once a quarter. So every three months they'll do one different set. Uh, the one they picked for this quarter was Back to the Future. So Lego had to apprehend the rights for Back to the Future, and they're going to put out a um, a little <clears throat> DeLorean, customizable, I think. Uh, well, I guess the, the pitch was that you get, you get, like, the regular DeLorean, and you get three different parts mm-hmm. and three different docks, and you get the pieces to make the DeLorean look like it's either from... The first, second, or third movie. Yeah. Um, set, I believe, is set to be 
like $35, which is not too bad. Um, I'm sure there's going to be shipping on top of that as well. But um, for a Lego Back to the Future set that's exclusive, like I'm pretty sure you have to, when they when they uh, open up the pre-orders, you have to be on the ball and get it pre-ordered or that's it. Because it's, like, it's kind of a one and done sort of thing. But I saw that and I was just floored because I must have spent like, I don't even know how many hours of my youth um, trying to build my own DeLorean uh, <laughs> out of Lego pieces and Marty and Doc, because, I mean, Back to the Future really got, you know, shunned in the action figure department, still to this day does not have, like, they don't, I, there is no, there's literally no Marty or Doc action figures, unless you count, like, the cartoon version that they did in the Happy Meal toys or whatever, but even that's not real. Right. Um, luckily we have, like, I have, um, the, uh, the 118th scale, I think it might, that's not 118th, but it's pretty close to the 4-inch figure scale, mm -hmm. um, Back to the Future DeLorean, I got that, um, when they had it at Toys R Us a while, back, like, a few years now, um, and that's awesome, but, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's cool to have, but I want Marty and Doc, but Lego's gonna give it to us now, so I'm, I'm pretty excited, so... For anybody who would be interested in that sort of thing, uh, just, I mean, even if you Google, like, Lego Kuso Back to the Future, it's probably going to bring up the page that you need to click sure. on and definitely check it out. Um, it's funny because, have you ever gone to the Back to the Future ride in Disney? In Universal? Or Universal, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did when they had it, yeah. I, I know, it killed me. When, the last time I went, they didn't have it. I'm like, all right, what the heck? Where's my ride? I love this ride. And they had just, like the week before, stopped it. Really? Why would you do that? That was the best freaking, and honest to God, and I'm not being uh, partial when I say this, it was, I believe, the best freaking ride that they had because it yeah. took you into the movie at Doc talking to you as you're waiting in line. and you know. But when, when you came out of there, they, of course, had the store. And right. I always wanted to get a DeLorean. And there they had the remote control version. Uh, you could get the model that you put together yourself. Or you could just get the die cast, you know, various sizes. Yeah. And oh, I've always wanted to have it. But again, I I always stop because, okay, other than putting it on my shelf, what am I going to do with it? And that's always been the thing that stopped me from doing it. But I'll tell you, I still want it. I still freaking that want it. That never stops me from buying anything. <laughs> I'm putting it on my shelf. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do with it. But I, I just want to have it. Right. Um, but I have a bunch of those like uh, Hot Wheels or or Matchbox, whichever one put them out. I think maybe even like Johnny Lightning or whatever. I have a couple of different um, Back to the Future licensed uh, DeLoreans um, at scale, and like I've never ever ever collected like matchbox cars it just was not interested they weren't me really ever but i have a couple james bond cars and i have a couple um uh deloreans like i said and it just i just uh, accumulated them over the years and yes i just put them on my shelf and that's it i just yep. leave them and that's that's all i need to do well it's funny because um, i remember being how old are you now uh 26 i will be what's today the sixth I'll be 27 in like a month and a week or so. I remember it was still at that time that I'm like, what? I don't care. I'm putting it on my shelf. And I got it, you know, 
I'm going to do this. And now I'm at the point where, as you know, from just comic book collecting, you run out of room. I'm like, I, I don't regret buying. I don't want to say anything, but most of the things that I have, uh, at least everything I can think of, I'm glad I have. I don't regret it, but I have to be awfully selective now. Oh, which reminds me, as far as DVD collections, I think we mentioned this. I am getting, I, I'm waiting for it to come in the mail probably tomorrow. A new, another giant binder that holds 562, you know, CD slash DVDs. Yeah. Because that, you know, it's it's saving me so much. I was I was reluctant in the beginning because I didn't want to not see the beautiful cases that they come in the boxes. Right. Then you go, you know what? I can get over that. I, I'm still saving the boxes. They're just in a box in my attic. I need the room. I need the space. So now I'm taking them all. And I've already done it with most of them. The only things that are still on my shelf are like um, the series that I don't have all of yet. Like, I don't have all the CSI seasons, but I have, like, five, I think, of them. Five seasons. But you know what? In the meantime... Oh, I have two seasons of Lost so far, so I have to get the rest of them. Mm -hmm. Instead of waiting, I'm like, heck with it. I'll just spend a day in the future and bump everything out so I can, you know, put all the... I'm very big on keeping things in order. Yeah. So, but in the meantime, just for the space. And it's... I have some Matchbox talking about how you were saying i have i know it's never like you said i'm not a big car guy i don't care but i always had the dukes of hazard cars Mm -hmm. kids in the neighborhood growing up had so many of them i remember kids smashing them because they're like what i have five of them i want to see i want to see what what the dodge charger looks like after it's been rolled down a hill so they'd smash it on fire (laughs) and knight rider and various superhero type uh you know, Hot Wheels, even if they just painted like Batman or Superman on the side of a van. Yeah. If that counts, I have that. So, yeah, yeah. But overall, you're right. I'm not, I don't have any. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind getting actually a Matchbox version of the DeLorean. That'd make me happy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you could, they still put them out like every once in a while. And ne- uh, next time I hear, because, you know, dudes on forums will, will say it every once in a while. Like, I think they just did. They did a bunch of, like, Batman stuff because the Dark Knight Rises came mm. out. And then a little bit before that, this is probably almost a year now, now that I'm thinking about it, but they had, at the same time, the uh, the DeLorean out um, along with uh, the Ecto-1. Okay. Which, again, I never searched for. If I happened to walk down the aisle and it was on the front of the pegs and I was like, eh, it's a, a buck or two. Right, 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 right. It, but like I was not gonna, I was not about to go out and like search for it or anything. Um, but yeah, um, I, like it's funny. Like you said, you're not a car guy. I'm not really a car guy, and I don't want to mean that to say like I, I like hate cars or like whatever. <laughs> Just it's not. But, I got you. But like I, I, I can look at cars and say that one looks nice, that one's whatever, and like I, if I were to buy one, I would want to know all the specs and do the research and make sure that it's you know. A good yeah, car. I appreciate the cosmetic beauty of stuff, but as far as like, you know, my dad's a guy, speaking of like, if you want to talk about real big cars, uh, he's a guy who, what does he do at this free time? And he goes out into the garage and, and fiddles with the car. Yeah, which, you know, you know, more power to him. Yeah, but I know, but I always I know laugh. that that's not me. That, that'll never be me. Yeah. I, do uh, what I need to do and then I go back in and, you know, spend time in the house. I've always, uh, I've always joked with my friends that, um, 
when when Cribs used to be really prominent, I couldn't even tell you if it's still on, but like MTV Cribs where they go into like famous people's houses yep. and, and then they're like, let's go to the garage and I'll show you like all my Rolls Royces and like Cadillacs and stuff. I was like, yeah, when I'm on Cribs someday, I'm going to be like, yo, come check out my rides. And then like open the door and the first car you see is the turtle van and then like <laughs> yep. the Dolphin and a Batmobile yep. and uh, the Jurassic Park Jeep and the Ecto-1. Yeah, like that, all these ridiculous cars, I do it. And just, yeah, isn't this awesome? Like, be completely like arrogant and stupid about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and that's that is it, it's like half a joke. If I had like a ton of money and I was famous, I would totally have a garage full of those cars. Like, one hundred percent, not joking. If I had wasteful money to spend, I felt good about whatever I was giving to charities and stuff like that, I would I would totally 100% commission a turtle van that I could drive around town right. and people like, Nick Narrow is the stupidest person alive. <laughs> um, but like, I, and that's another thing too, like I've always, well, I, it would be my dream if I ever got to the point where I could go to the Oscars and people were going to be like taking pictures of me on the red carpet to show up in like the turtle van from the cartoon and the door just like opens and boom I come out and they're like everyone just like what why with this person they're like whatever it's what I like get over it and that's the thing I wouldn't do it for the flash or to brag or anything but like you said if you have that money to spend yeah by you know and you've done your charity and you still have leftover stuff you know and if you're gonna splurge on yourself I always thought about that I would still drive the car I'm driving today just because it's practical yeah. And, you know, and I'm not going to go all high and mighty with everything. But, man, if I can get a tumbler, the <laughs> tumbler, I, I don't know if I'd need a garage full of certain cars, but I thought, okay, there, I, I would want a good Batmobile. I believe it or not, even though they're, they're semi dangerous, I think I'd want a Jeep just like MacGyver's. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's not a, a flashy car at all, it's the opposite of Flash, but it means something to me. Right. But the thing is, too, like, I, I wouldn't even buy them just to put them in a garage, because I often wonder, like, how how often celebrities and whatever even get to drive all those cars that they have. They're just, like, essentially, they are super high-priced toys that right. they just look at or have, like, they might as well be on a shelf because they're just in a garage. And it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, I love this car, but I'm never going to touch it. It's like, no, I'd be driving the turtle van around town to auditions to meetings people would be like oh there goes nick narrow and the stupid <laughs> turtle van but like i don't care i want it like when i spend money on something like i want to be able to use it which is why i generally yep. don't like uh like leave any toys in the package or i don't buy comics to like stick so, them and put them like i want to be able to use everything yeah i so. agree i well that thing with me with the with the ipad getting them digitally yeah. That that was a big determining factor. Do I care about? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. There's going to be some that I'm going to want, like we were talking about. You know, the MacGyver books. Well, obviously, I need to have that. I want the physical copy, but I'm never going to sell them. They'll be buried with me if they're good enough. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the digital stuff. You know, do I care about the actual holding it in my hand? I did. I used to argue for it, but then money and room in my house became more prominent you know so all right i'm gonna sacrifice that little nitpick to, to actually have them and then store them on my ipad yeah well my only um 
argument for still getting uh not my only argument i mean i, I love having physical material at, at least at this point in my life but um the, my biggest argument is that like a majority of the books that i buy um have that little redemption code for yes. uh you know digital download for free and it's like right there you get two versions of it for the same price as if you just downloaded it but you can't like say oh i downloaded this book go to the comic shop and then take one off the shelves and walk away right you know what i mean you can't it, it doesn't work retroactively like that so if anything if i were gonna go to like a digital route i would research and see what books um come with the uh the uh the code um so that you can get them digitally as well and then physically buy those books and then maybe just buy the rest um as a digital download if i was really concerned about space but um yeah so like it, it i think that 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 added value of okay we want you to definitely buy the physical books so here's the you know the code to put it on your ipad or whatever device you're going to put it on as well it is um is awesome i don't know why you know other than like not having space or time anyone would um you know not go to the comic shop and support them still well you know um talking about back to the future i <laughs> I'd like to punch certain people in their face when they have posted, there's going to be a Back to the Future 4, and you go online, and you're, you know, like, i got to see this trailer, because the trailer's up. It's a fan-made trailer. Yeah. I'm. You know, that's why when you said Back to the Future news, I'm like, oh, boy. I can't, you know, it could it possibly be like a new TV show or a cartoon, because I love the cartoon. Oh, I actually, yeah. when, it, when they started to, um... I don't know what channel it was, but they started to reshow them about a year ago for a limited time, like a marathon. Yeah. I just, I burned them onto a disc. I have them somewhere and I got a, or did I put them on a, yeah, I put them on tape and now that I have a DVD recorder, I'm switching them over to a disc. And yeah. yeah, there's commercials, but I love it. It was the continuing adventures, uh, you know, of Marty and Doc. I love right. it. That was so good. Um, if they were to do uh, a new Back to the Future, I would I would kind of actually want them to um, not reboot it at all. Right. Uh, I'm with you. I would love if they did like a little bit of either Doc's family or say like Marty's kid mm -hmm. gets caught up in like the adventure somehow, like and make Marty's son and or daughter or both of them um the the main protagonists with mark with uh michael j fox there but you know in a sure. supporting role kind of like i'm hoping that they do with star wars but um i know michael j fox is like his, he would have to be restricted and or limited just because of you know the nature of his condition but um i wouldn't be opposed to it because i think Zemeckis is awesome. I, I don't think I've ever seen a Robert Zemeckis movie that I, I disliked ever, and I mean, those are some of my favorites. But it would be cool to see, like, I mean, if Michael J. Fox could, could handle it, um, you know, physically, uh, if it was some sort of, like, story where where the kids get trapped in the past or go to the future or whatever, some something, and, like, the story goes back and forth between Marty in the present time, his kids in whatever time they end up, and like having to figure out how to like 
work together through time to get them back or something like that you know what i mean kind of how they did on their own with like doc hiding the, the time machine for marty to find and all this other stuff like that was cool mm-hmm. it would be i don't know it, it would be a cool thing and i think we're in in the age where um generally uh filmmakers don't just make um they don't just make sequels just to make them for the money they actually do try to make them pretty yes pretty good um crystal skull notwithstanding um although i'm sure they all were hoping or or thinking that that was going to be good uh but like tron legacy i think is awesome people poo poo it all the time and i don't know I why see both of those movies i haven't what? seen either one you never saw tron no either one of them no i've wanted yeah. to come huh? on you should have seen the original Tron at least. I know. Well, I remember it being on HBO over at my friend's house in, you know, 85 or whenever they started to show it because it came out in 84, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, thinking, oh, wow, this is cool. Look at that. It looks, look at the how quick they're moving. And, you know, yeah. and, and since then, somebody, people were telling me, yeah, it doesn't really hold up. You, you can actually skip the first one and go right to the second one. It, it, um, it doesn't hold up with the exception that it was far and away it's cool to watch because of how ahead of its time it was right truly truly ahead of its time um with effects and like the the ideas of what computers can do or what they'll be able to do was was really really cool um i remember my earliest memory of tron and i never even really saw it up until like a couple years ago but I was a really, really young kid, maybe like three, four, five, six, somewhere around there, I don't know. Um, and my parents would, like I think most parents would do back in the very early 90s, um, would tape record stuff from channels uh, so that we could watch it over and over again. Like I have, I'm pretty sure I still have them somewhere, um, tape of like all the Christmas specials. Um, a bunch of Scooby-Doo, like just hours upon hours of Scooby-Doo um, cartoons just recorded so that we could just put them on and watch. And then there was one that they recorded from the Disney Channel. And back, This was back when you had to like pay for the Disney Channel. Oh, yeah. Except for the times when like they would give it to you for free for like a week or a weekend or something like that. Yeah. And um, so they recorded a bunch of Disney cartoons. But in between the cartoons, because Disney was a pay channel... They would show the cartoons in their entirety, and then in between, do the commercials. In between showing stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how HBO does and all those other pages now. The commercials are on in between the shows. And there was a commercial showing a bunch of different movies. Um, like, I have a very vivid memory of this just because I watched it so many times. And one of them was like the original Escape from Witch Mountain. Okay. Um, and I, again, never saw that movie. Just all I know of it is that like couple second preview and then there was something else it was like a cowboy movie and then tron they showed tron and i was like blown away as a child like looking at like oh my gosh that's crazy awesome i want to see that and i've always like i kind of held that little piece in my heart throughout my life and just never got around to seeing it because they never put it out on like dvd or anything right uh, it wasn't in an accessible format until they decided to um put Tron Legacy out and then I was finally able to buy the Tron DVD and watch it and all that stuff and I liked it I mean I liked it well enough I you go into it knowing that this was like supposed to be 
you know, cutting edge technology, but it was also 1984. Right, you know? right. So they're almost 30 years ago now. It's crazy. But the, the Neutron movie, I really don't understand what people think is bad about it. The, the digital effects they did with the young Jeff Daniels, I thought were really, really good. Um, with a minor exception in his mouth looks odd sometimes. Um, it almost looks like when he, when he opens, there's just a black void inside of his mouth, which he's a digital creation, so okay, like, you can kind of accept that, but story I thought was fine. The music is amazing. It's Daft Punk, and if you like Daft Punk, you'll love the soundtrack to that movie. Um, I think Olivia Wilde is gorgeous, so I'm excited about her. I think uh, the kid who played Jeff Daniels' son is a pretty good actor, um, very capable in the role, and I don't, I just don't know. I don't you know, know they're what, making a sequel, what, right? What's that? They're making a sequel? I know they're, they have a cartoon going on right no, now. No, 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 they're actually, they announced it like I don't know, last week or so, they're like, no, we're actually working on the next one. Okay, cool. Yeah. I hope so. Well, uh, will you lend me those two movies? Yeah, sure. Seriously, like, let me know when you drop them off at Comics on the Green, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and when I run in there, I'll, I'll snag them and watch them right away. Okay. Um, talking about, like, I was thinking about certain, when you were saying about a reboot, what doesn't need a reboot? Mm-hmm. Uh... And I, I typically hate reboots. You know, uh, we, we've talked about that. Like, if you're going to do any more Indiana Jones movies, they either have to be with Harrison Ford or they have to be before Temple of Doom. Right. Um, you can't, quote unquote, reboot something as classic and wonderful as that. Uh, there was another one, which up until recently, I was against the whole idea of a reboot. Uh, I know you haven't seen the series Highlander. Right. Excellent show. Excellent, excellent excellent just story-wise fight-wise first season the fighting was okay but after second season on they really just impressive and beautiful to watch and just well-rounded characters and blah 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 blah. well it's connected to the movies it's you know i know i talked about this in the past well they had announced that apparently and again we'll see when we see it same thing with the macgyver reboot which is a massive mistake um they were saying oh we're gonna reboot the highlander franchise and it's gonna be, you know, Connor McCloud and and which is the the from the original 1986 movie. Well, they're starting over. And at first, I was one of the loud people on the forums going, "No, you know, because there's still so much to do." Yeah. Um, with Duncan McCloud, who just uh, I the best freaking immortal type character. He's well-rounded and you know has a nice mixture of good and the history of being bad and blah 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 blah. Now, however, I don't know. The, the last movie they came out with was supposed to be part one of a trilogy. Okay. And what happened was it was supposed to be Duncan McCloud looking to... He, he, you're basically going to find out why there are immortals. What is the source? And that was the name of it, the source. Something happened along the way where they lost the rights or somebody took the movie over. And instead of it being a well trilogy like you know where they cared about the franchise it was two hours of I can't think of another way of saying it garbage that didn't make it to theaters I actually caught it on it was a sci-fi original movie they decided to put it on one of their Saturday nights 
And if you've watched the sci-fi movies that they make on their own, they're intentionally putting out crap. Yeah. They're making schlock. And so they threw that in there as a filler. And it fit right in because it was so bad. <laughs> I know I can't blame the actors because the actors did an excellent job. I can't necessarily blame the writer because I'm sure that's not what he originally wrote. Right. Um, but it's painful. It's painful. And basically, oh, long story short, whether it made sense or not, they ended up putting a cap. It's oh, They made the mistake of it's going to be in the near future. Don't ever do that. Don't do the future. Don't tell me because now you've already cemented, you know, it should be yeah. present day like it or flashbacks. That's fine because they're immortal. Don't give me the future. Well, when it was over, they kind of put a nice lid, not even a nice, they put a lid on it. Right. So if after seeing that, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Since people don't know how to make these movies the be the best one was um endgame with with both connor and duncan i freaking mm -hmm. love that movie it was great to see them together too but um in the end i'm looking at it, I'm like okay i guess you've butchered it enough you can start over again i'm fine with i've come to you know come to terms with that i'm a piece that's one that i think i i've had to change my mind but overall i i don't think anything needs to be quote unquote rebooted yeah well i mean i think i've come to this point where i if it literally doesn't make any sense whatsoever to do the reboot i'll be upset about it but generally i'll give almost anything a chance at first sure um like i remember the first time i was concerned about um a sort of quote-unquote reboot was when um, they were pretty much kicking Pierce Brosnan out of the Bond franchise oh. and pulling in Daniel Craig and saying they're going to do all this new stuff or, or kind of sort of reboot it and everything. I was like, no, James, because I, I feel sort of like, um, you know, like I'm an authority on James Bond sure. or something. Um, and I loved Pierce Brosnan. He was like my James Bond. Um and I liked Daniel Craig well enough. I've, I saw him in a bunch of stuff before the cast of his Bond, like um, Munich and um, Layer Cake and a couple of other things. He was on Young Indiana Jones, too, you'll see. Is he? Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Um, now I'm going to have to go search for that, thanks. <laughs> uh, but so I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then, like, as time went on, I was more, I was, I was finding myself, like, you know, just thinking. Mm, you know, okay, maybe it's for the best. I see what they want to do, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, okay, sold. You know, once the once the Casino Royale trailer, and I was like, all right, fine. And then since then, it was kind of like, you know, if if the creative teams that did it originally can't, you know, continue to do it for whatever reason, or you know, the actors grow out of the role. Um, then, then it's it's just one of those things that's gonna have to happen, mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna always hope that when it does happen, it's done well. Mm -hmm. Like I still haven't seen the Amazing Spider-Man, but I hear good things. Oh, you have to see that! Like, Holy crap, that's exactly the same thing. I was so against them rebooting that because I'm like, why? I don't need to see the freaking origin again. Yeah. When you see it, I'm telling you, it puts the original trilogy, which I never had a problem with, but it puts right. it to shame. It's so well done. And that's what I'm 
I'm excited for to, to watch it. One of these days, I'm just going to go buy the Blu-ray and um, and sit down and watch it. But um, I really like Andrew Garfield, the kid they cast as, as Peter Parker. And I uh, it was cemented more for me when um, I was watching videos from San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> yep. And they did the Spider-Man panel. And boom, here's this kid dressed in a goofy mm-hmm. Spider-Man costume. And all of a sudden pulls the mask off and it's him. And he's like, almost in tears giving the speech about how much Peter Parker means to him and Spider-Man means to him. And I'm like, you know what? A better person couldn't have gotten the role. I, I thought Toby was really adequate. Sure. In the role. Good pick. I get when there were people like, how could you put Toby Maguire in the role? I'm like, he looks like Peter Parker should look <laughs> an actor. So what is your issue? Like, who did they want to be Peter Parker? Brad Pitt? Like, are you kidding me? I know. You don't know anything about Spider-Man if you were looking for, like, you know, a super suave, handsome... Like, I mean, not that Tony Maguire is not you know, a good-looking guy, but you can't have, like, chiseled-jawed, like... Um, right. You know, you couldn't put Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Spider-Man costume. Just, it's Right. You're stupid for thinking that. Like, he was pretty much the perfect um, person for that role. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and uh, I think Andrew Garfield now is the perfect person for that role because he's actually a fan, like a current fan. Yeah. Uh, when you see him in the outfit, there's a couple scenes in particular that Cindy and I noticed during watching it the first time. We're like, wow, this looks like it was drawn from uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, is it Larson that, am I getting the artist's name right? On Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah. I don't know it was uh, I don't read it oh so good anyway there are a couple panels or scenes that look like it's an actual panel like he's standing on top of a building yeah at one point with this mask off and it's like wow it looks like they said okay see this panel make that happen Mm -hmm. it's so it it was he looks so much like spider-man now yeah you know and that's and that's really cool and and that's why um that's one reason why I'm not going to get or, or be worried about um, reboots. And when they are going to reboot Batman in the next couple sure. of years, again, like not really concerned about it because it's going to be a different story. As long as you know Tim Burton or or uh, Shoemaker is not involved, I'm not going to be too worried about it. Um, and I'm going to hope that they give us you know actual Batman and not um, you know a gritty. Uh, one shot story of Batman, which I'm not knocking the trilogy, no, Nolan trilogy that much. It's just it's a very, very different take on um, on Batman himself. Yeah, and it put a lid on it too, which is I think um, not what Batman is. Batman isn't someone who's ever going to retire, or you know, even if he wanted to, he wouldn't be able to. Right, and that's the thing. Um, did we ever rant about that movie at all? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like I've, I've personally ranted about it. I don't know if we ever did on this podcast, though, so feel free. Um, I just uh, Even if we just do for like two seconds, um, I have mixed feelings about the whole trilogy. Um, I think the, the second movie is, is far and away the best and the best one of the best representations of Batman mm-hmm. in any medium ever. Um, but as a whole, I find myself like now that I'm further and further away of the dark, uh, from rises, uh, not liking that movie quite as much, um, as I sh- could have. Um, 
but uh, it's just I have an issue with the fact that they made it so that he, you know, stopped being Batman for eight years. It just wouldn't happen. It was just not. No. Bruce Wayne would not do that. If you're familiar with the books in any way, shape, or form, like it would, he would not stop ever. Right. It doesn't matter. Like there would be no reason that he would ever stop. Right. Short of being dead, he would not stop. Even then, I think he'd still come back. <laughs> I can yes, see him. Exactly. Not, I, I'm but, going to leave heaven now. I got to go back. There's still work to be done. I feel like if they wanted to um, traverse some sort of like realistic and gritty idea of um, Batman, uh, don't say like, oh, well, yeah, he isn't. I mean, you could do that. Be like, oh, yeah, your body is physically damaged. Okay, that was one part that I thought was cool. Um, but go into like Bruce Wayne's literal psychotic behavior of being Batman of being the Batman in so much as that if there was any sort of like peacetime for whatever there's no more mobsters in Gotham City he would like find a way to let there be crime so he can go <laughs> punish crime like that's how psychotic Batman is you think yeah 100% like he he he's so he doesn't kill anybody so that they can escape. Even the villains have been saying that recently. I know you've been reading Dark Knight and and, uh, and the Batman series and stuff like that. Like They've said it, and I, I, I'm assuming they've said it for quite a while now. Like, you are just as messed up as we are. See, I don't... That's why you don't kill us. Okay. Put us in jail. We're going to escape just so you can beat us up and put us in jail again. Like, that's the cycle. That's just how it goes. See, I don't, I don't take and, that one. And, Damien and all these other people call him out on it too, like all the time. Like, you know, for the no killing thing. Like, if you don't do something, they're just gonna break out and hurt more people. And Batman's only thing is like, we don't do that. It's like, uh, well, I mean, I can understand you don't want to kill people. That's that's cool. But like, there comes a point where the Joker, you know, has killed a million people in Gotham City. And it's like, right? Yes, uh, put down like a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like let the cops kill him or something I don't know it's just whatever right but he's a psychotic mess like go into that do something with that <clears throat> you know don't I don't know I, I was just disappointed because it, it it featured so little Batman okay. like it could have been called like the Dark Knight Rises and Rises Again because like he has to be come Batman from his broken body and eight years off right uh, you know weird and then uh He's Batman for like two seconds, fights Bane like crap in what should have been an amazing battle. Um, he just gets his back broken, thrown in that hole, then he's got to become Batman again, and then he's Batman again for like two seconds. At the end, there wasn't, that's, that's what we said, there was not enough Batman in it when we saw the theater. We're like, a great movie, great, you know, whatever, despite right. my nitpickiness. But there needs to be more Batman in it. Well, here's the thing, too. Um, there's the two parts of that, of the becoming Batman twice, is um, where's, for, for like, as the audience, um, where's the, the weight of, you know, this is important, uh, the fight between 
Batman and Bane when they're fighting in the sewers. Like you're getting a, an out of like quote unquote out of shape, out of practice Batman fighting this this immense terror. Like, why am I supposed to think Bane is is good at fighting when he's fighting crap Batman and Batman <laughs> kind of held his own? Like, no, right. Batman's been Batman this entire time. We just haven't seen what he's doing. He's still like in his prime. He's nuts, and Bane beats him. Okay, holy crap. Sure. Bane is a threat. I don't feel like Bane's a threat. I think he's just crazy. And I love Tom Hardy, and I think his performance was great, and uh -huh. it's not his fault. Uh -huh. But it's just not as good as it should be then. Not only that, but, okay, so Batman came back the city, but the people didn't even really know he was there, and then all of a sudden, okay, so Batman saves the city by, you know, sacrificing himself, taking the bomb out or whatever, but why does the city care? Like, he wasn't around for eight years. The last thing they knew of him was he killed Harvey Dent. Like, they're not going to care. Mm -hmm. So that's another. Where's the weight for the characters in the story? Aside from John Blake, who, like, figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman or whatever. And then is sad because he thinks he's dead. But, um, so there's that. And then, I mean, there's other nitpicks. Like, they were holding, holding all the police officers in Gotham in prison, in the sewer, or whatever, in a hole in the ground. How are they just not all dead from starvation and or like asphyxiation from fecal matter like they're all still like in their cop uniforms come out like pristine and clean and just healthy ready to like when batman rescues them all or whatever like okay come on that's dumb secondly where is the federal effing government letting just one city be ravaged by a madman for three plus months or however long it is mm -hmm. oh like what they're just no one comes at all to save them at all just no army no nothing like this was way too long of a time for him to be like in control of gotham city it, it's almost as if none of the rest of america like exists and he's hanging so, like, remember he's hanging like, bodies off the bridge too what remember he's hanging bodies off the bridge that was so disturbing i'm like wow that okay i mean it felt serious and like holy crap he's like yeah let's make let's put them and the video cameras filming it it's on the freaking news yeah so it's just there's a lot of things that like when you watch it through the first time you're just kind of in awe because the cinematography is good the um the effects are good the acting is good and then you step away from it for for a while and you're like man that should have been so much better i mean with all of the talent that was surrounding that movie it just felt kind of like well we're going to end it in the way we're going to end it and this is the way we're going to go to it doesn't really matter who cares right like that's how i feel about it and um i agree i'm upset uh and again like i said it's not a bad movie by any uh stretch I, as far as the story that nolan wanted to tell i think he did a really good job it's just I'm being selfish as a Batman fan, wanting, you know, Batman as I know him on screen, told by those people who, you know, mm -hmm. could have done a fantastic job of, of putting it out there in a kind of realistic way. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, I just didn't feel it was the, it's not the movie I would have made if I were in the shoes to make the movie, but it, it whatever it does its job i suppose well just just for me to uh I, i'll add to what you're saying because i agree with all that you said um for me yeah the biggest things were 
the fact that, okay, he got hurt so bad from the end of the second one. Again, I think the second one is the best. Um, perfect Batman movie, I think. Um, even more than ba uh, Batman Begins, which I, up until then, thought, okay, that's the best one. And then they came out with the second one. I'm like, okay, that's the best one. Yeah. And this third one, well, yeah, I, I have a problem with right away, right a freaking way. They're like, okay, so Bruce Wayne has decided to hide in his, in his mansion for eight years. Yep. I can't see him doing that for two weeks. I can't, right. I, I mean, holy crap. Anybody who's watched the cartoon or read the books, no, he would not let a physical, you know, impairment stop him. Or emotional, for that matter. Yeah, he can lose his arm, and he'd say, "All right, I'm going to build a robotic arm now." And I'm, you know, whatever. He he would do something. Yeah. Um. So for eight years, I'm like, okay, already we're starting off on a bad thing because no, he wouldn't do it. There's nothing in this world that would stop him from being Batman. Um. And yeah, the whole thing about there wasn't enough Batman in it, and then in the end, they're like, "Oh, he's he's going to retire." He's only so basically he's only been Batman for a couple years, really. A decade, maybe. Not, but I don't even think it's that because he went away for eight years. If you look at the first and second movie, that's only right. supposed to be a couple years because he goes after the Joker right away. Right, right, right. So, you know, eh, so he's really only Batman for a couple years, and he goes, okay, well, I've done all I can do. I, you know, I have a boo boo knee, so I'm gonna leave. Uh, bullcrap. He's not gonna well, retire, I mean, I, and not besides that, he's not gonna retire with freaking Catwoman. No, I understand there's an attraction, <laughs> but ultimately he knows she's not good for him. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. Um, he, well, I got the distinct uh, impression that he quote unquote retired for the eight years because of Rachel's death and the Harvey Dent thing and whatever, and he felt bad about it and all that stuff. I think that would just drive him over. His, his need to punish crime would be greater than that. Um, yeah, I, also, yeah, yeah. With, with Catwoman, that's another that's another part of his, uh, his mental illness, as in, like, it's all kind of a game, you know? He doesn't really want to catch her, but he's going to chase her and, ch and chastise her. Like, you shouldn't be doing this. You're better than this. And then they're asleep together, and then... And then it's like, you know, back to the grind. Chase Catwoman again a little bit, and she's bad, but I'm not going to do anything about it, because sometimes she does some good stuff, and she sleeps with me. So, you know, he's <laughs> mentally unstable. I think that's um, how it is now in the comic, since yeah. 52, and I agree with that. So, with I see, and I take Batman in a different way. I had a buddy who's a psychiatrist or a psychologist, um who years ago diagnosed Batman because the question was, is he psychotic? And they said, no. And I can't think of how he worded it, but he's so driven. He's got like, um, um, a damaged psyche, obviously, but his overall intent, I, he ultimately wants to defeat all crime. I don't, I don't see him going, okay, we're going to let the bad guys go. I think that's the conflict of him not wanting to kill people because of his parents' death and everything. And he doesn't want to cross that line. If you watched um, Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Okay. I have No, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. Do you it. have it? No, no, no. Okay. You can watch it on YouTube. You have to watch that. At the end, yeah. they sum, sum it up perfectly where he's like, yeah, I could kill them. But it's not even a matter of making, I wouldn't be any better than them. It's when do I stop? 
Yeah. Why stop? So he's conflicted, and it, it, you know, because on one hand he wants to stop crime permanently. I don't think he would ever let criminals get away or escape just so he can keep going. I think ultimately he wants peace. He wants there to be no crime ever, and that you know he knows that it's never going to happen. He's probably going to get killed by you know he. What's he say? Maybe the Joker will get lucky one of these times. Maybe it'll just be some punk with a handgun that catches me on a slow day that puts a bullet in my head. Yeah. But he knows he basically feels he's on limited time. But he's still striving for the thing that he he'll never achieve. He's never going to achieve global peace, you know. And he doesn't. At the same time, he's torn because he knows. Yeah, I could kill the Joker. I could kill whoever. Um, I wish I could remember how he put it. And if I I can hear him say it again, I'll ask him, and maybe I'll bring it up next time. But he actually said, "No, Bruce Wayne has this. This is his diagnosis." Boom, boom, boom. He's not psychotic, but he's, I, I can't even think of the wording. Uh, you know, he's hes driven too much. He's got too much of a thing that he knows he can never stop. And if, let's just say, sake of argument, he cleaned up all crime in Gotham. Right. I, like you were saying with the movie. Okay, for eight years there was no crime. Okay, well then I can see Batman widening his girth. Like they do with the with the comic book where it's Batman Incorporated. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's gonna go further and further and further. You know, I I I don't think he would ever let them go. I think he would just okay. If I clean up Gotham, good. How about Bloodhaven? <coughs> Bless you. How about Thanks. Bloodhaven? How about okay? Now I'm working on Bloodhaven. On the other side of Gotham is Metropolis. Okay, I'm going to Metropolis. Despite the fact that he might be stepping on Superman's, you know. Cape, ha ha ha, uh, or other heroes' areas, he wouldn't care. I think he'd try and take them under his umbrella of, guess what? You guys now work for me. Right. Right? I mean, that, yeah. I gotta find out how he said it because I can't do justice to the diagnosis that he had. Well, there's, there's so many, um, so many different interpretations of, and I think that it boils down to the way he's written as well mm -hmm. uh, in the books or, or portrayed in, in other stuff. Like, um, I mean, in Batman the Animated Series, he's uh, he's very um, he's he's just more noble, you know, than than in almost any other um, in, incarnation of Batman. Uh, he's not very angry. He's kind of just cool, calm, and collected about everything. Generally, generally, remember, just generally, way more level-headed, um, and and more of a detective almost than any other time I've seen him. Um, so I feel like a lot of times what they do with Batman is just like they have, you know, do sex machina happen like almost all the time with Batman. It's just like, oh, uh, you know, we got to stop the scarecrow. Well, I just so happen to have this potion I made like forever ago and boom, now it's done or whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trivializing what really happens, but it feels that way sometimes. Um, but, uh, They've said that in the in the comic, uh, at least they ad adjust for that when they're not making a joke. It's Batman is also besides fighting the current problem, he's thinking ahead. He's like, all right, I know I've dealt with with Scarecrow in the past. Let me work on this potion when I'm home. Before I go out tonight, I'm gonna stay at the computer and you know dabble. Yeah, which I think is smart because that it, it, which is gonna 
after we talk about this, I want to move on to, to a, a thing I saw online. It deals with this. But basically the joke is, well, Batman always wins. Because Batman, yep. as long as Batman knows what he's up against, he will win. Yep. And I agree with that. I, I'm not... I know some people go, oh, Batman's always going to win. Well, typically, yes. And I love that because he's a human being who's thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like that in the comic book they address it more in detail than, what, the god-awful 60s show where I have my shark repellent here in my utility. <laughs> You're right? I mean, oh, my God, that's painful. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but the thing is, it's it's so weird because Batman is, like like I said, the deus ex machina, essentially, um, if I'm saying that phrase right anyway. but um, Ex machina is how... Ex machina, is that what it is? Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll correct myself in the future, <laughs> I suppose. Um, I, I don't think I've ever said that phrase out loud, like, once. I've only ever seen it written or written it myself, so I, I, I didn't... I try to avoid it myself. Um, so, but I still love him. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I just do. Because uh, he's so I'm, diverse. There's so much about him. It's not He's not a one-trick pony. You know what I, I mean? I like that. Uh, I think the, one of the ideas of, of Batman is that like there's this world full of superheroes with powers, and he has to be the one thinking ahead because he needs to be prepared because yep. he can die, like literally at any moment. Yes. Uh, I th- in it's, this it's world the same full thing. of crazy it's the same thing for us like when we talk about uh uh indiana jones or macgyver Mm -hmm. i think batman falls right in there and i knew of uh batman before i knew of either of the other two because it's they're human they're they're as close to us as anything but yet even though they're human they're superior right give me anybody with superpowers against batman batman's gonna win you know why because he's smart yeah and I, i mean i guess i feel that same way um with Captain America and and Bucky now too, like they're, I mean Bucky even more so is just literally a human being with a he has a cyborg arm now or whatever, but like, okay that can only really do so much, <laughs> um, but Cap too like it's always just he his uh, his ingenuity is what is what gets him out of his his um you know his his holes that he finds himself in, and uh, that's what I like uh, almost more than than. Um, anything else is is knowing that if you are smart enough and, and quick enough you can make it in in a world where typically you, you shouldn't be able to and that's i mean i guess that that would sound bad um or like uh you know negative about the citizens that live in those worlds but like it's not because the, the citizens don't want to be superheroes they just want to live their lives or whatever and they ended up they end up getting caught up in stuff but but the people that feel a responsibility to protect other that protect those citizens who just want to have a normal life mm. you know they are by nature find themselves in all those situations um on the regular <laughs> so they need to get out of them and uh, i like that um yeah because it could translate to you know our typically menial lives where we you just got to figure out a problem, and uh, you you are assaulted with problems every day. Right. Um, you want to or not, no matter how you try to live your life, problems will arise. And the the true testament of character is not, um, you know, 
are you able to avoid problems but are you able to take a problem and and uh find a solution quickly and efficiently and uh to the to the best of your ability uh-huh. uh, and that's that's why those characters strike a bell with me especially batman and, and cap and the more normal uh quote-unquote superheroes just because they do that you know well yeah i bet one of the uh constants in my life that i've learned from macgyver and batman is i refuse to let the situation win macgyver has actually said that in the past where they go how do you come up with this stuff he goes well you know when it comes down to me in the situation i don't want to let the situation win and isn't that the truth because i think about that i don't like to i i get a little excited when i'm in a situation that feels quote unquote impossible i walk into a room where i hear people complaining i don't know how to fix this I'm like, <laughs> or I don't know how to solve whatever problem. It could be a locked door. It could be, you know, and that sounds like a joke, but seriously, I've been in situations. Oh, yeah. where, okay, I'm in a locked room. Okay, nobody knows how to do it. I very humbly walk over and say, excuse me. And I, you know, pick the lock or whatever. I yeah. love having that extra knowledge. It's like the essential utility belt you have on you at all times. Nobody yeah. else has this, but I do. And, and Batman and, and MacGyver have been that type of constant in my head as far as if you want to know what I'm about, that I don't want, I'm never going to be in the situation where I go, I don't know. Yeah. Because if I, I, you know, I'm going to figure out something. That's, that's, I want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just, I hate um, the excuses for inaction when, uh, especially when you want, when you want to accomplish something um, it's just like a self-defeating prophecy where you, you know, if I were to sit here and be like, man, I would love to be a famous actor, but I live in Pennsylvania, so I can't do anything about it. Like, no, I could, I could move to Hollywood and, and try to get on that grind. But I found, I mean, I lucked myself into, but I also was still taking steps and, and, and looking, keeping an eye out for the, the possibilities of doing those things. Yep. Um, and if I had never been able to, to do any sort of acting or, or even be a part of that world in any small way, it's only my fault. Yep. And I can't just say like, well, you know, when I'm 45 and have kids and be like, oh, well, you know, my dream was to be an actor, but circumstances were, you know, it's just a crap excuse, really. Like, isn't you just go and try to do it, you know, you you don't say I don't know how or, or life is holding me down. You just take the steps and try it. Right. If don't let anything beat you. Completely, then at least you tried. But yeah. you yeah. can't say, like, nope, everything's holding me down, so I can't do it. And doesn't that just translate to everything in everybody's life? That that truly is, like, just, yeah. You want to be happy in your life? Don't Don't let anything let you say, I can't do it. Do it. If you want it bad enough, do it. Yeah, or even if it's not something you want, but just something that needs to get done. Like, I don't understand people who, like, drag their ass on accomplishing goals or whatever, even if it's just in the workplace or whatever. Like, when I'm at work, um, I would love to be done with a job in two hours, come home and take a nap, and then do what I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I work fast and sloppy, but I work efficiently and, and get things done the right way um in as little time as possible 
it as it takes to do that. Um, just because uh, I don't love what I do, I feel a great sense of accomplishment when when things are done, and I I can smile and say like I feel fulfilled having done the job. But I mean, it's not what I want to do for my whole life, and it's definitely not what I want to spend any amount of days doing unless I absolutely have to, which I do mm-hmm. um, for the time being. Um, so it's just, just do it, you know, stop saying, well, this, this, and that, like, just do it, get it done, you know, in an office job, just, you have to do a report. Sure. It's going to be boring. I'm sure it is. A lot of things are boring and stupid, but you have to do them. So just do them and just get it done. You know, it's like, I don't know. It sounds so simple. And like, I know all the factors like being tired you know being in pain being hung over being whatever but like overall i you know the world doesn't care like the world literally doesn't care they just want like when you go and to a restaurant or fast food place and you want food you don't care that the guy making your food is tired or hung over you want that food given to you in as little time as possible so you can eat it and enjoy it and move on like and that's how the rest of the world looks at everybody else it's just yeah and you know a great example of that that i it's so funny it sounds like we're tying everything back to our personal topics that we bring up every week almost but what this this actually is honest to god one of the great shows that pointed that out to me in 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 a way that i don't think it was necessarily trying to whereas the world is such a big place and we're such a minute speck in it but yet Everything we do matters, whether we want to or not. Young Indiana Jones. Mm. Watch the show, and I'm not talking him as a kid. I'm talking him with Sean Patrick Flannery. Watch him, because he's a soldier. Okay, you watch how insignificant the thing is that he has to do, but it's not. It's part of a bigger picture, and he has to do all this crap. And I'm not not just as a soldier, but as a a student in college or... uh, Pick any episode, it, him being a spy. You know, it's mm-hmm. the boring, minutia, crap detail that you have to do. But I watch it, I'm like, no, there's something noble about just going, hey, I'm, I can sit here and complain or I can just do it. And yeah. th- I don't think that was their goal when they set out to make those episodes, but it's one of the factors that I got from it that I got from nothing else in this world that. You have to do chores. Yeah. You have to do chores in your life. If you want to have the fun stuff in your life, you've got to do the boring, crappy things you don't want to do. Yeah. And I explain that to Mikey now because I'll say, you know, I'll even say, I can't play right now. I have to do my chores. So that way he knows he's not alone when I say do your chores or whatever it is he has to do. Mm-hmm. And he'll go, well, how, how, come, how come you have to do that? And I'll say, well, because in order for me to, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. In order to do the fun stuff, basically, I have to do this. And he'll go, oh! And I'll tell you, it, it's wonderful because he doesn't complain. He right. accepts it. Oh, all right, it makes sense. Moving on, I'll, I'll clean up my room or whatever it is he has to do. It's amazing what um, you can instill in a, in a small child if you do it uh, in the right way. Um, I, I, I don't... I, I hate um, most children these days and that it like i'm just blown away because when i go to toys r us and, and children are crying and or, or when i worked there or whatever and they're just demanding stuff and saying i hate you and all this other stuff like wow like uh I, that i mean 
I know it's not the kid who right. just decided, boom, this is the person I am. Like you, you're fostering the the parents fostered this Absolutely. child, like these children into this character that they are now. And it's like, man, if you just were a little bit more responsible with with what the words that you said and the actions you showed in front of this learning machine. <laughs> Because that's what it is. Yep. A child is, a, is just a sponge yep. for learning. Yep. A blank slate that you're writing on. Like all of their characteristics are your best or worst yep. versions of yourselves. I take full responsibility uh, for the how other, my children are. What's that? I take full responsibility for how my children are. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you it's, literally have to. Yeah. And it's it's your it's your responsibility who um they interact with because they're gonna they're gonna learn from that too yep and how to deal with it too because the world is an unforgiving place yep and it's just so it, it blows me away um I know. that sort of stuff and and i think mikey is a is a um a very very good kid he's a, he's one of the children i i don't despise uh <laughs> thank you <laughs> Sure, like, we'll be talking and he'll come up and say some stuff. But, I mean, he's a child who wants some attention, obviously, and he's excited when he sees new people. Like, that's just understandable. It's not, um... And he likes you, too, because I know he wants to talk to you and he wants to tell you about, you know, here's what's yeah. new with me. There's Nick. Hey! So it's Absolutely. Like it's, a, it's about him so much. It's about, like, you. Well, yeah, and it, it's the, um... It's that sort of, you know, small, small, uh, person's, um desire for for nurturing and learning and um experience which i think people kind of blow off and and when you know i don't think anybody is born into this world with um extrovert or introvert in their genes i think it is a a matter of and again this is totally unfounded i'm not a scientist but it's um nature versus i i feel like it's it's uh, you know how it was how it was fostered from the parents like if a child is like i really love coloring you know and they color a picture and or draw a picture with crayon or whatever and say hey mom and dad um look at this and the parents say oh that's wonderful like good job and like put it up and give them some attention maybe not overblown attention so they don't grow up feeling like right. you know right. everything they do is the most absolutely amazing thing um you know or versus, uh, I'm busy right now. Don't show. I don't care. Right, you know, right. like that's gonna foster extrovert versus introvert. Just it, and it's so small. Probably people probably don't even think about it. I'm sure they don't. Um, that like in that three-year-old child's mind, like that's their whole world. That time they spent coloring that picture, like that's what means anything in yeah. the world. And like. Yeah, you want your child to grow up kind of being realistic and understanding life and stuff too. But like, there's a way to do that responsibly. Yep. Uh, like the way you just said with teaching Mikey about chores and and everything like that. Um, just not, just I don't know, not destroying children, which uh, so many people are. But uh, yeah, Harry Chapin has a song called "Flowers Are Red," and it's exactly that about. Um, not crushing a child's creativity and individualism and you know because the teacher's saying no 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 flowers are supposed to be red and 
green leaves are green and you know you don't need to see flowers any other way than the way they've always been seen right and it shows how it affects a kid and you know and it's a perfect example harry chapin was perfect about diving into meaningful things even if it doesn't apply to you right now it might apply to you there are songs that in the beginning i didn't necessarily get i may have enjoyed them melodically but then you get to a certain point in your life you go oh okay that lyric now makes sense to me yeah you know um but uh yeah so that that's a perfect example of what we're talking about right um Uh, it's it's crazy uh people want to people want to ask and wonder why like there's a bunch of crazy people shooting up schools and whatever else it's like you gotta take it back i mean there's mental illness and there's how they were parented and and what they find important and stuff like that like our our system is so outdated um as far as education goes and and everything else and not to make this super political but just it, it we need a revamp of of everything and um because i uh I was lucky enough to to be born with a desire to learn and and thinking that that's important or even uh, I mean having my parents like have me do things like watch educational shows or you know stuff like that have educational toys and and um, I mean part of that is just what I like and part of it is is having done that um, as well as fun stuff too so you know you get both of it but I was lucky enough to, to be able to get through school, um, you know, uh, and I was just talking with a friend about this, but like, I did very minimal studying, uh, really, like I didn't put a whole lot of effort into my schoolwork, but I was smart enough that I did pretty well. And I was in advanced classes. I don't, I mean, that just is weird, but I was lucky in that respect. Um, and that's all it really is, is just luck for that much but i feel like learning is is important it's just uh if i wasn't interested in material i just kind of did the amount i needed to do to to pass and whatever um and that's just my interest but uh like i remember in sixth grade we took a like some sort of comprehension test or whatever and it it told us uh basically broke it down into three categories like and it was all about how an individual learns whether it's visually auditorially or by experience Uh and i was pretty even on all levels like i could learn in any capacity whichever it was um but that's i think that is a very important thing like you need to and, and again it would take a lot of work it would take a lot of resources to do it but um there are kids who can learn by listening and maybe they need to be in a class learning that way there are kids who learn by experience uh-huh. be in a class learning in that way with a teacher who's capable of doing it in that way and the and same for like uh visually like it just all we're all different people and we all have different methods of of learning and and um it should be you shouldn't be punished for for being um only able to learn in one way um because i think there are smart people out here who don't or not out here but in just in the world who have been slighted uh because they couldn't comprehend the information they were given 
in the way it was given and if it was given in a in a better way for them to learn uh they could be just they could be doing just as well and you know it's kind of like the school system saying well tough breaks you're just not smart and that's not true people have the capacity to be smart in their own way and uh I, like there i feel like there's so many people who get buried uh just feeling like they're stupid so then they are just stupid for the rest of their life because they're told they're dumb um and i'm not talking no child left behind that is stupid oh that was so dumb and it is still dumb oh but God. it i'm not talking about that i'm talking about give people the means to to be intelligent you you'll get the best of people if you give them right abilities to be the best of people sure there will be people who are still stupid like stupid and crappy but it won't be nearly as many right and not everybody <laughs> should get a trophy for participating no but if people can feel smart because they were able to answer questions yep. or solve puzzles or whatever and in the way that makes sense to them mm -hmm. then fine like i used to do all my like they my math teachers would be like mad at me all the time because i almost never showed my work I wasn't a cheater, but my brain works with math. Just I just don't feel like writing it down. I I'm, sure. I can do it all in my head. Mm -hmm. So I'd write down very minimal steps, just what I needed to visualize. But it just... And I hate math. I hate... It was my least favorite subject, but I'm pretty good at it. And, like, I just never write anything down. They'd be like, show more work, show more work. And I'm just like, no. But my brain... Oh, just I, I gave you the answer. Yeah. I don't need to write down the physical steps. It's boring and stupid and it, it wastes time. I want to be done with my test and put my head down and, or draw or think about something else. Sorry, that's what's important to me. Not wasting time writing stuff so you could see that I know that you showed me how to do the formulas. I don't care, I did it in my head. <laughs> Fine, get over it. So I just like, people are, uh, you know, I just feel it, it, in the educational system, there's not enough. We're wondering why we're lagging behind and it's because we're, literally behind the ball uh in terms of of being able to teach people in the right way yeah. uh, and and that's just that's my two cents on that um, um was so let's talk about spider-man well wait before we okay. get to that well now let's do that because i was gonna go move on to the a batman topic but yeah you want to talk about spider-man tell me I think the world wants to talk about spider-man all right well, all right i guess i took your advice and i'll let you give me your thoughts because i don't want to uh how did you feel about issue 700 and the two issues leading up to that now that you've read them? Because I'll give you mine afterwards. Oh, now that I've read them. Um, I thought it was very interestingly put together. And this is it's not even it doesn't even only just go back to 698. Right. It goes back much farther than that with with terms of how it was laid out and, and where this was all coming from. Um if you haven't read Spider-Man, you probably don't want to listen. I mean, if you don't want to be spoiled, you definitely don't want to listen because I'm going to blow everything out of the water right now. It's been about two weeks. Yeah. So, um, in in uh, Spider-Man 698, 699, and 700, um, essentially what happens is Doc Ock lets loose a plan where he transfers his mind into Peter Parker's body and Peter Parker's mind into his dying, decrepit body um, with no way for, for Peter to, uh, to reverse it, essentially. Um, and the way that it was portrayed and, and told, I think, was very well done. 
uh, by Dan Slott. And I think it's, it's um, an interesting take because we all know that somewhere down the line, someone's going to, well, a character will figure it out or whatever and reverse it. And then we'll have them back in their own, whatever, new body for Doc Ock and Peter back in his body or whatever. But to take a break like this, um, where you see a Peter Parker as he could have been, We've, they've talked for years about how Peter Parker could have easily been a villain, um, if not for the Uncle Ben incident and and learning with great responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility and, and having that in his heart. Um, had Uncle Ben not died and circumstances had been different, he very well could have been Doc Ock, and these issues show that. Um, and I, I don't know if it's in the 700 issue or not, but um, it might go into the Avenging Spider-Man point one. Um, that also, it comes right after issue 700 of Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I bought them all because you told me to. Yes. Um, and I, I wasn't disappointed. You said you had figured out they were going to switch bodies or whatever. I didn't. I didn't see that coming. Um, I assumed, I thought maybe, like I said, I think on another podcast that uh, maybe Peter was going to quote unquote retire for the time being. Like maybe his spell that um, Mephisto put out there to cover his identity or whatever would have been broken because they were kind of leading towards that as well. Like um, with the Spider Island thing, um, Peter might... Um, you know, whatever, uh, be caught and, and then say, okay, well, I'm not being, I'm not going to be Spider-Man anymore. Someone else is going to take over, fine, whatever. Um, and I, I just didn't think they were going to kill him. Um, and it, the fact that they did kill him and it didn't get, you know, as as much news as I thought it was going to get is kind of weird. I already when know how they're going to fix that, by the way. What's that? I already know how they're going to fix that. But I'm, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just, I'll bring that up when it's my time, but go ahead. Um, so I think all those issues, I think all those issues were, uh, were very, very interesting. And, um, I thought they were going to keep, essentially at the end of 700, you think that Peter Parker is going to switch bodies back and put and leave Doc to die and, and Peter will be Spider-Man, but maybe he'll be changed for some reason. I don't know. He almost gets to reverse the process with the little golden Octobot that uh, transferred their brains in the first place, but Doc already had shielded himself uh, to protect himself from the very thing that he knew Peter was going to do. Um, he pretty much outstepped Peter in, in every way. And then Doc Ock's body dies, and, um, and with it, Peter, apparently. Um, the cool thing that was going on through the episode was that Peter was in Ock's body dying. And as he's dying, his life is flashing before his eyes. But uh, Otto Octavius in Peter Parker's body was getting these glimpses of, of his life and slowly understanding and coming to terms with why Peter was a hero, what made him who he was. And, and by the end of the issue when Peter finally dies, Otto says, you know, I, I get it now. I, I completely get why you were who you were. I'm going to try to be a hero and protect these people and, and be good for the most part. 
but I'll be better. I'll be even better than you were. Like, that's the challenge. He's like, I'm going to be... The superior Spider-Man. Right. So, I think that's pretty interesting because we're going to get to see, like I said, what it would be like if Peter was as arrogant as he might well have been, knowing how smart he is, knowing his capabilities, and, and, and having all of this, like, extra intelligence now you know like I, I don't know it'll be an interesting thing while it lasts because it's not gonna last forever so right virus database. oh, databases update right in the middle of our conversation go ahead <laughs> hey, things are just more important yeah so, so yep. yeah like um it'll be i'm gonna i'm i'm curious to see the interactions between him and other characters especially when you know spider-man shows up in all sorts of different titles daredevil all the time this like more arrogant uh self-satisfying version of spider-man i i'm curious to to find out who is gonna figure it out first um i'm curious to see what they do with them that's that's basically it i'm i'm invested uh, and i'm not concerned because it's comics i mean it's not like it was a real person or anything that i have to worry about it if, if it's not good i'll either, i'll just not read it until someone tells me it got better or peter comes back whatever sure. but um that's that's why we read comics right i mean we read them to to for for drama for the for the interesting stuff and this is, a, is something i feel is interesting mm-hmm. of all the people i mean the only person worse to be in that body is norman osborne um for for peter's sake anyway but like either that like that would have been really interesting as well um but it's doc ock and and i think they I, the way that they the way that they paralleled them you know uh peter had a scientific accident gave him the powers otto had a scientific accident gave him the powers but while Peter had nur- a nurturing family, it's kind of what we were just talking about. Peter had a nurturing, loving family who brought him up the right way. Otto just had years and years of disappointment and, and people telling him he sucked and all this other stuff, and that's what made him evil. And then right. I look at it that way, it's something I never looked at before, you know, it was just Otto was this mad scientist, you know, whatever. And, and I think that's what they were trying to fix, too. Right. Um, and I always say, like, the, the very best villains are not the you know uh cartoony like i'm just bad because i like being bad you know it's always like they if they have a really solid reason for it it's um it always makes them far more compelling um yeah that's always been one of the reasons batman's villains have always been so much the better rogues gallery Mm -hmm. not only do they reflect batman better but they are they they're not out just to conquer the world they have their own psyche issues right and i think that's why uh batman and spider-man probably have the most pronounced and well-known and and uh interesting rogues galleries definitely by far it's when i when i think about um baddies i'm always saying like my favorite villains are batman and spider-man villains Mm -hmm. with you know a a doctor doom here and a sure a red skull there but um but it's mostly those characters like Rhino and uh, Shocker and 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 uh, Scorpion, Morbius, Man. Uh, what was uh, 
um, the Vulture, uh, Doc Ock, Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, like, or, you know, for Batman, (laughs) like all of them. Yeah. Like the the Riddler is always awesome. Scarecrow. Like they're, they're well known. That's you. Someone who doesn't even read comics knows that. Sure. Uh, Bring out the best of the hero. Right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, it was, it was, I think it was well done and I think it was interesting. And I think anybody who's like freaking out about it should just quit comics because it's just like, it's it comics. Always, it's nothing's going to last forever. Right. It, it, it always has ups and downs for the heroes. Like I, I don't want to read a comic where like the hero wins all the time. If I wanted to do that, I would read Superman and just read Superman and that's it. That's, that's it. Go ahead. If that's what you want to see, go read Superman forever and don't read anything else. But Spider-Man's whole life is tragic. Like, Spider-Man from day one is the tragedy of Peter Parker and how he keeps going on. And now you get a break from Peter Parker for a little bit to see what could possibly happen. And cre- it's going to create, a, a like, a huge mess for him when he finally comes back. And again, that's the draw with Spider-Man. How does he overcome all of this stuff with Peter Parker? How does he overcome all these negative things? He just does. He just keeps doing it. Sure, sure he's self sure he's like this is going to be impossible but he figures it out and just does it again like we were talking about earlier just does it and and that's where this is going to lead to he's not going to it's not going to be Otto octavius for forever if it is i you know okay that's a choice marvel made and it's you're gonna like it or not but he'll probably come back and probably in time for the amazing spider-man 2 so people need to move on but it's gonna be it's just gonna be a fun interesting ride so if you hate it, whatever. But I don't hate it. I think it's going to be cool to read. I don't just mean you, Mac. I mean... No, no, I gotcha. Um, so yeah, let me know. Tell me what you think. Okay. Okay, so I bought the last three issues leading up to 700. Um, how, how can I put this? I want my money back. <laughs> really? I, I really do. And you know what? And I'll tell you why. Because I'm trying to be subjective. I, lo- I like Dan Slott as a person. Every time I, you know, listen to an, uh, an interview or whatever, he's just a nice guy. He loves the character, all of that. Yeah. I don't like the way he writes. Okay. I, I just don't. I'm trying to think, do I have a problem with what's happening? No. No, it's, you know, even though I, I saw it coming... Uh, I predicted exactly what happened. I, I'll tell you now. I bet you I know how they're going to reverse it. That little, the little gold octobot. Yeah. Peter's in there. He's not dead. Yeah, probably. He's not even a little bit dead. He's trapped inside that, which, you know, okay, it just has to, you know, go back to the computer and do some type of alignment. And it's going to take six months. But eventually he's going to go back and reverse it. Yeah. So it's it's... That's my problem with the whole freaking thing. It's predictable, uh, to me anyway. I, I, it. Not only is it predictable, even though I can see six months down the road what they're gonna do. Um, I, ju- I don't like the way Dan Slott writes the character. I'm not intrigued. I'm not. Case in point, I also caught up on all the uh, Hawkeye comic book that you were telling me so good and it is Mm -hmm. it's matt fraction is a great writer he makes those characters complex and you know you know what it is for me too it's been the thing that made me get away from spider-man well besides the whole making the uh 
one more day where they erase their marriage and let's start writing them like we did in the 60s. Well, by all means, you have that now. You get to hear every freaking thought in Peter Parker's head. There's no intrigue there for me. I don't need to know that, oh, the, you know, he has to do his laundry tonight. I understand there's, there's a every man quality in Spider-Man. I got that. Yeah. I, I don't like the way he writes. He's writing every thought that's in Peter Parker's head, and I don't care. And it's, it's like I said, that and the fact that everything's just been so predictable. I'm reading it. The, the 700th issue was what, $7? Yeah, eight, I think, seven ninety-nine. Crap. I want my freaking <laughs> money back. I mean, it's it's that type of, of feeling where I got done with it and I'm like, holy crap, I tried. Even knowing and it's not that I knew what was gonna happen that ruined it for me, because I thought, is that what it is? No. Because I've had that happen before. You knew Superman was gonna die. I still enjoyed the story. I still enjoyed the issue. Um it's the way it was not even paced, just the wording. Yeah, okay, Doc Ock. Let's let's get nitpicky here. Doc Ock, who is a bad guy, held the freaking world for ransom a few issues ago. Yeah. Okay. He gets a couple glimpses into Peter Parker's past, and that changes him from being the guy who wants to wipe out the world to, I get it now, Peter. Okay, well now I've turned from being a freaking egotistical psychopath gonna destroy the planet to... I'm now going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a hero. Not only am I going to be a hero, I'm going to be a better Peter Parker. I don't buy it. It was a, you got a couple quick glimpses and it was too much of a, like you said, ex machina. Yeah. Okay. Now he's all of a sudden good. I don't, it wasn't over a length of time. It was a brief flicker right before Peter Parker quote unquote dies. I, I, I don't buy it. I just well, it was it was um it was happening throughout the course of the day in the issue like that those those glimpses. Yeah, he's, um, he's going on. Why am I getting these glimpses? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and, and and you're right. It's it's probably too much too soon. But I think the issue is that um all of Peter's memories conflicting with Ox memories are I think it that backfired on him. You know what I mean? Like he thought, okay, now I have all the secrets, but really. You know, you what with um with all of that, the the memories and 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 the emotions comes the fact that those are going to do battle inside your head. Like, no, I understand that, and, I, and I'll even accept that to to a degree. I understand that that's what they want you to feel. I got that. What I'm saying as I'm as I'm reading it, mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I don't feel convinced. I don't feel entertained. I'm I'm annoyed that I spent eight dollars on this. You know they gouged me Sorry. for it. No, it's not your fault. Uh, I'm glad I gave it a shot so we can talk about it. But it came down to the fact that I just don't like as much as I like Dan Slott. I do not like the way he writes. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> However, I do like all the Hawkeye that I read. Yeah. You know that that's fun and and entertaining. And you were right on that one. That was good. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think what uh, what I think of um, the writing style, and and I feel like uh, you're you're not wrong in uh, in the fact that it's it was very wordy, uh, especially in those three issues with a lot of thoughts, um, thought balloons. I know, just so much, so much uh, exposition boxes going on. Um, 
and I think, I mean, maybe part of it is that like I have, I've pretty much read it consistently for as long as I've been reading it, uh, like without missing an issue. Uh, maybe that has, maybe that has something to do with it. Like I'm just used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are, I know you said you hate Humberto Ramos as well. Oh, so that, that's not going to help you. Right. You're loving or, or, or hating the issue. Uh, it'll make you hate the issue as well. I don't, I don't hate his art. So that, that, um, mostly I don't, I don't dislike his art. I think it, I think it's pretty decent. Um, should it have been somebody else for, for, uh, how weighty and heavy the issue is? Yeah, probably. Um, like, would Brubaker's Captain America run be as good if if the whole thing was done by Humberto Ramos? Probably not. Just wouldn't have the right feel to it. And and probably six ninety eight, ninety nine, and seven hundred. Maybe they should have went with uh, you know Mike Diodato or or, or somebody with a, a really kind of serious style of art. Right. Issues, but um, I understand why they went with Humberto Ramos because he's been drawing a lot of dance slot stuff for a long time. Um, but. I don't know. It, his his style of writing doesn't bother me as much, and I don't. I can't tell you what I, I like or dislike about it. I just um, it doesn't offend me in any way. Um, for for whatever reason, I think I, I maybe it's just that I, I like the the uh, the ballsiness he has to do something like that and just kind of say. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna run with it. I'm pretty much in charge of Spider-Man, and Stanley likes me, so right. you know you're gonna dislike it. Okay, if, if you're in for the ride, then awesome. I also think they um, they really missed an opportunity by quote unquote killing off Peter Parker. Cause all right, yeah, you got Doc Ock and Spider-Man's body, but let, what the heck? Let's have Peter Parker stuck in a bad guy's body. You you know yeah. you missed a whole. <laughs> freaking opportunity that's the if anything was going to keep me reading that title it would have been the fact that holy crap let's watch peter parker try and you know live a daily life in a bad guy's body yeah yeah and uh i mean that's what i was saying the last time we we talked about 698 or 699 whichever one it was yeah um was that uh i was hoping that they were going to keep those two threads running alongside of each other um yeah, like somehow Peter figures out how to keep Ock's body from dying or whatever and spends a, a bunch of time uh, trying to figure out how to get back into his own body. Yeah, that is that is a missed opportunity because the very little that they did show of it I thought was, was interesting and cool. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> him saying, why am I doing this bad stuff? You know, to I'm doing the wrong things. I'm not being heroic here. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm aware, but my body... And my my mouth just keeps going like oh I'm I'm saying things like he's saying things like you know that that I mean it would it might have got old fast if they just kept pressing that issue but the idea that if if they didn't do that like so much in the head and maybe that was the issue maybe that's the problem with so many thought bubbles was let's we got to show how Peter feels because he's gonna die you know or, sure. or whatever get trapped somewhere else but. Um, we need to press the issue that he is doing bad things just to try to uh, keep himself from dying, you know, and, and it's, it's affecting him. Um, and maybe that was the issue. Maybe that's the problem because like I said, they, they kind of just 
shoved all of that information into those three issues. Whereas, uh, it's not normally like that, um, as much, uh, it's not as hectic. And, and those three issues I feel are crammed because they really wanted to hit it at the 700 mark mm-hmm. and, and what sh- might, what, blah, blah, what should have probably been a six to eight issue arc was shoved into three, three issues with one of them being a double sized issue. Um, but probably needed a little more room to breathe. I yeah. think. Yeah. And that might be what, what uh, felt, you know, not right for you. Uh, I know people, a lot of, a lot of people um, complain about the, uh, you know, decompression and storytelling, but I, I don't dislike that uh, as, as much as other people. I, I like to be able to sit with, um, you know, if I say I, I missed out on something and I pick up a graphic novel and have like a weighty book and just keep going and keep going and going. Cause I like these characters. I like the developments with them and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I think probably dying wish should have been, longer if anything sure, just sure. just so you had some room to breathe but they wanted to put it where they wanted to put it and then move on and that's what they did so i mean you could you might not like it for that but i'll pick up superior spider-man number one and uh i'm sure it's going to come with a, a free code so i'll just give you the code because i never i never do the downloads so you you don't have to spend any money on it thank and you still don't, then then uh yeah i'll do that um, but yeah, that's, I mean that's maybe what they did, and I'm—I didn't even think about it till now. But that's probably what they did. Um, now that you, you point out how crammed it was with stuff and thoughts and all that. But I mean that's just the way he, he's typically written, anyway. You know, think about him compared to say Batman. We don't know what's in Batman's head. Like, it depends on what title you're reading. Sure, but even some... then, they don't let you know. Oh wait, I have to put my cape on. And, all right, I'm going to climb into the Batmobile. You know, I really should get groceries on the way home. Spider-Man, however, does that. I don't yeah. know. You know, I don't need him to retell, uh, oh, I wonder how Mary Jane is. Mary, Last time I saw Mary Jane, she was opening that, that dance club. I wonder how... The, shut up! I don't need to know. Yeah. Well, I think it's... Uh, they're, they're two very, very different titles. Um, yes. And where Batman is, is more mature, although I know a ton of kids probably still read it, it's it's far and away more mature, where Spider-Man is, is not geared for children, but way more accessible. Um, like I said before, uh, Spider-Man and Batman are the gateway drugs for, for children, the, the gateway comics. That's, yep. that's just it. It really is what it is uh, for most children. And... Um, Spider-Man, I think, is written with that in mind, whereas Batman's just kind of like, here's Batman. Yep. But there are some Batman titles, uh, and I couldn't tell you which one it is, but there are some where I feel like I'm doing homework when I'm reading them. And I like Batman, so it, don't, it doesn't bother me as sure, much. Sure, sure. There's a heck of a lot of, of, of uh, exposition boxes it's littering the pages with, with uh you know batman thoughts and who did what and why and how like trying to figure out the, the case or whatever's going on um i think spider-man is just goofier by nature than batman so if you don't if you don't like the goofy stuff that's going on in his mind then uh you're not you're not gonna like it as much and and you know i think maybe it also comes down to since he's a, a single peter parker now um, without even a girlfriend, 
um, can you relate to them as much? I, I can, because I'm single, and, and sometimes my brain works in the way that Dan Slott writes Spider-Man, too, so maybe that's why I like it a little bit more. It's, you know, all of these, uh, you know, non-sequiturs and, 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 and uh, random ideas popping into my head and, and making sure that I'm uh, on, on point with, with the task at hand or, or something I need to do in the future. Um, and that's, I can relate to that. I think I just, Maybe. I remember even years ago going like, Oh, cause remember, Oh, you may not know. Uh, remember back before, Oh God, before the big crash, when they used to come out with various, uh, foil covers and all that, there used yeah, to be no. at least maybe even two Spider-Man books that came out per week, you yeah. know? And I just remember thinking, wow, they're, I think I'm getting tired of the style of writing. Yeah. And this is God back in the mid nineties. So I think by now I'm just like, no, no, I, I don't, I, I don't know if my taste in writing has changed or I not even going to say matured because I don't think it's a matter of that. I just, I'm not in the mood for that type of thing. So the story itself would have to be spectacular. Like when they brought Craven back, yeah, that was a good story. Yeah. I don't know if Dan Slott wrote it, but I remember, yeah, he did. okay, this is a good story. I like this. Yeah, he, he did write that. But that's what I mean. Grim Hunt and all those those uh, surrounding stories from that time, um, they all had a different tone with the artwork, like a much darker tone. Yep. And I feel like 698, 99, and, and 700 would have benefited from a tone of that nature. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't. Um, the one thing I didn't like about 700, um, now that I think about it, mm-hmm. Because uh, I haven't thought a, a, a ton about it, um, I, I wanted our, our dialogue of it to be kind of natural, um, rather than me thinking pre-planned things to say about or, or trying to defend it um, with thoughts I had already had. Uh, there's the section where Peter dies before he dies, and he's kind of in heaven talking yeah, yeah. to Stacy and Captain Stacy and Uncle Ben, and they're like, "You can't." die yet because you you can't you have to go back and make sure Otto Octavius does not run around in, in your body because you just built your life to be great and all this stuff and and then he goes back and and fights some more and then dies it's like why why did you even put that in there well, he's just gonna die anyway like, and it was besides, this rat, how, many times, like, how many times has he met Uncle Ben in heaven how many freaking times they do that every what five ten years I don't know. Oh, I haven't been uh, reading Spider-Man for five years now. So when the next time comes around, I'll be like, okay, yeah, right, yeah, probably that much. It'll happen. Um, uh, go ahead. So, yeah, it's just, yeah, that was that's probably the only thing I didn't like because it was just kind of like more of a, a, a kick in the balls for Peter. You know, <laughs> his whole, like, everybody he's ever cared about, like, no, you have to go on, prevent this. He can't possibly do it. And then he does it anyway, so. Right. Um, there's that. But, I mean, overall, I'm... I'm more excited for, I'm not going to say like they were the best issues I've ever read or anything like that. They, they definitely aren't. And they're still not as good as, um, Spider-Man still isn't as good as I think other things like Hawkeye and Scarlet Spider and, um, you know, Soldier was, I'm pretty sure Ed Brubaker's last issue is coming out soon, um, of that, uh, and a couple, and Turtles, like Ninja Turtles and all these other titles I, I swear by like every week, but, um. I'm interested 
in the change. Uh, I'm intrigued for it. And, and Spider-Man is um, something I'm probably just going to continue to pick up all the time through its highs and lows. Because even in its low times, I'm still like, okay, it's not as bad as some things uh, get when they get low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just out of you know respect for the character, I'll keep reading it. But um, I am interested to take a break from Peter uh, for for the time being and to see that like that difference um so yeah uh i like i liked it um you know overall but i i can understand why you wouldn't why you didn't like it right i tried and i'm sure i'll try again you know if you tell me get this issue i'll i trust your judgment i'll give it a shot well, like I said, I this Wednesday the Superior Spider-Man comes out. I'll get it. I'll text you the code. You can go into your little Marvel uh, database and plug it in and, and give it a read for free. Sweet. Because I'm not gonna. I don't care. Yeah. Um, what was I? I barely, if ever, put them on on my little Marvel website. So nice. Um, that way you'll get to read it and and, and give it a shot on your own. All right, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Um, for, one of the for zero dollars. Since I feel bad, I, I'll cover. I'll cover half of your seven hundred issue with my with the uh, the free Superior Spider-Man number one. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> Maybe um, two of you. One of the sites that I was looking at, and it it's funny how certain things irk you. When okay, ultimately we're talking about comics, so it doesn't really matter who wins in a fight type of thing. But you know what? I I do like to see things that get put out into the cosmos be as accurate as possible. Like, you know, mm-hmm. want to hear somebody give a misrepresentation of your band or, okay. you know, you, I want to get the facts right about the monkeys, for example. Uh, or I want to make sure that there's not a god-awful reboot of MacGyver. So this kind of falls into that sort of, holy crap, this irks me when it's done wrong. I was looking at, uh, what is it called? Bat in the Sun is the name of the website. Okay. And they do some fantastic, like, fan movies. If any kind of, you want to see a good Batman, you know, they're doing a, uh, they do Batman stuff. And, well, they're doing a thing, you know, Ultimate Superhero Beatdown or something like that, where they say, hey, people out there, let's vote. Who do you think would win, Batman or Wolverine? And then they do this whole, and this is the part that really irks me, this, it's not natural, where they have the hosts well i say wolverine because of this oh you're full of baloney batman because of this well if i win you girls have to dress in bikinis and have a water balloon fight and the girls are like well if we win you know and they it's not real and it's not natural and of course you know any chance to see the girls in skimpy outfits well then that's the one that's gonna win of course yeah anyway besides that that's the thing that what I said that's the one I'd vote for. <laughs> but you see what I mean? It's, it's the whole idea yeah. of they already know who won ahead of time. And they have these gorgeous women that are going to get all, you know, lubed up and, and run around. You know, whatever. Have a pillow fighter. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, besides the, the insincerity of that, they do who, – it whoever wins as far as how many people vote is whoever is going to win. And they did a Batman versus Wolverine, and Wolverine won by like 2%. Okay. And I watched it. And again, back to what we were saying earlier, Batman's going to win. But the way that they did this... Depends. That depends. I don't... See, and here's here's where it comes down to. 
the way they filmed it, they filmed it where Batman loses, and I'm like, all right, I can't argue with the way that they did it, because what they did was they had Batman basically jump down on Wolverine, who smells him coming. Right. But yet Batman still jumps down out of the shadows and starts beating him, kicking the crap out of him. Wolverine pops his claws and stabs Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what would happen. Okay. If Batman knew... Here's, here's why. I'll, I'll let you finish your story, but I just want to say it for two seconds. Um, Batman de- de- uh, defeating Wolverine 100% depends on if he already knows who Wolverine is or not. Yes. If he does not know who Wolverine is, he will lose 100%. If he doesn't know anything about the claws and gets in close and tries to be like, ooh, I'm Batman, going to beat you up. No. Wolverine will... Uh, tear your guts out and leave you there dead like that's just what will happen wolverine has no and that's how they wrote and that's the thing i don't i don't know if if he would 100 percent win i don't know if he would um you're saying oh he'd definitely win i don't know but i do agree with you're right it and this is the way they did it they did it where batman you know jumps down on him gets in close wolverine pops his claw stabs him batman outsmarts him and electrocutes him has him stab like a, a power box. Yeah. So Wolverine goes, gah, 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 falls down. Batman goes, ugh. Starts talking to Alfred. Still, by the way, sticks around. <laughs> Alfred, I need assistance. Before he can finish that sentence, Wolverine pops up and guts him. And yeah. says, I heal real fast, bub. Right, right. Okay, and, and to be fair, the way it was written, absolutely, I'm not arguing it. What I'm arguing about is they wrote that scenario so that Wolverine was going to win. Well, yeah, exactly. You know? And I'm thinking if... I don't agree overall Batman versus Wolverine. I still think Batman would win, granted, if you don't write that scenario. Because you're right. Everything you said. As soon as Batman knows, wait a minute, he can heal himself and he has claws. So I have to stay away. So Batman going into that, and if when I do stop him, mm-hmm. I have to then tie him up or something to make sure that when he wakes up, he's not going to get up and fight me again. Right. Which, you know, Batman would be prepared. Mm-hmm. So then that got me thinking about, you know, it irked me because I'm like, eh, you're get, you know, basically, yes, it does come down to the depends. Overall, Batman. But well, I'll say this. Um, the last thing about it real quick um it do, it depends on it does wolverine want to kill batman uh batman might be able to defeat wolverine in a fight by tying him up but if wolverine wants to kill batman he'll he'll just do it he'll just keep do it. he'll just keep going after him until he wants to do it because he'll just track him first of all by smell he'll find him as bruce wayne when he can't possibly fight back and just kill him now, uh, see, I don't think he would. I don't think it's a matter of. I think as Bruce Wayne, he's still Batman. Well, he is, but in a public place, he, he would, would have to give it up. It's that or die. And, yeah, exactly. And he would die if he didn't have anything on him. He would die. But and Batman's not going to kill. The only way to stop Wolverine is to literally drown him, and that's killing him. And Batman won't do that. So it's a whole bunch of let me knock out Wolverine a whole bunch of times so that he can. You know, I have five minutes of peace versus you know See, how, how do I stop this guy you I can't don't really so. stop I think it, it, it frees Batman up if anything I think you're you know yeah okay I, I can't kill him but you know what I can do stuff to him that I can't do to a normal human being because I know he's gonna 
you know, grow back. Right, but... So he can tie him up, you know, whatever scenario you want, Batman can kind of, quote-unquote, let loose and guarantee that Wolverine is not going to regenerate. He's not, quote-unquote, killing him because they're still... And again, this gets into the whole reason why I freaking hate the way they write Wolverine now. They've smushed him down to a cellular level, and yet he's grown back. They've made him, quote-unquote, too powerful. Yeah. So I hate that garbage. But they never, like, lately in the Wolverine stuff that I was reading before I, I dropped the book, and I only dropped it seriously because, um, uh, money issues. Like, I, I liked the Wolverine book. Um, wasn't, they weren't going into that, you know? Um, they need, to, they need to reestablish, though. Marvel needs to say, yeah. here's Wolverine. Yes, he has limits, and here is what they are. Because they've yeah. made him way too powerful, and he's not an interesting character to me now. He's just, well, he's basically best, Lobo. The best version of Wolverine that was going on was the stuff in um, Uncanny X-Force. One, hands down, like, all all that stuff that was going on with him was, was awesome. Um, he just killed Dakin by drowning him in a shallow puddle. That's how he killed him. Just beat him and drowned him, because he had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I say, like, the only way to stop Wolverine from killing you if he wants to kill you is to kill him first. Um, or, so put him in stasis. What? or put him in stasis, which is what I think Batman would do. Yeah, I don't think I mean, Batman would out a way to do it. Yeah, right? I mean, he'd go, okay, fine. If you're going to keep regenerating, I bet you if I do this, you're stuck in a loop. Yeah. So, it again, it depends. It all sure. depends. It depends on who you want to win. I think ultimately, if, as long as they, if they know about each other, I'm going to say Batman. If Batman jumps down thinking he's just a thug, well, sure, Wolverine's going to gut him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, you're handicapping Batman in order for Wolverine to win. Yeah. You have to have Batman go, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm just going to jump out of the shadows and attack him. Well, it's very rare that you get any sort of, like, logical superhero outcome from a fight. If uh, I mean, if... um, Uh... Whoever you want to win is exactly how you write yeah. it. I, 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 I don't know. There are people who do say that. I agree. There are people who are going to cater it their way, but I don't, I'm not interested in talking to those people. I want to talk to someone who's going to look at the facts and go, yeah, okay, I love Wolverine, but no, he wouldn't win in this. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I remember Deathstroke years ago. Whoever was writing Deathstroke, they had Batman go up against them. But because Batman was in Deathstroke's title, they had yeah. Deathstroke make Batman look like an idiot. I'm like, no, no. Garth Ennis would do that with the Punisher. Yeah. I hated that. That's when I went, you know what? You're not a good writer if you're making sure your hero wins. Give, mm-hmm. give me a good story where, no, he's going to lose. As long yeah. as it makes logistical sense, you know? Yeah. So I agree with it depends on who's writing it. Right, right. Like people always argue, um, you know, the the Thor versus Superman thing, who's stronger, who would win. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, to me, logically, I, I pick Thor. And it's not just because I hate Superman. Um, basically, Superman gets his power from Earth's yellow sun. Thor has unlimited power all the time, no matter where he is. Mm-hmm. So, boom, just drag Superman by his cape as far away from the sun as possible and beat him to death. That's what he would do. Or take him to Asgard or whatever. There you like, go. I think he would take him to Asgard. Like, 
Superman can't stop them from doing that. They're just as strong, essentially, like, uh, more or less, except Thor is a god. So he's not just an alien with, like, superhuman powers from a, a singular spot in the universe. Um, so, like, that to me is logical. But to somebody else, they might have a really logical explanation for why Superman would win or whatever. And, and then, see, and that's where if you get someone you who's, who's smart enough and giving enough to have that conversation, instead yeah. of, oh, no, 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 this guy's going to win. No. You know, it's like, um, what? I, I love, give me a weak character. You can even say, Bucky, Bucky against Thor. Well, Bucky's going to win. Okay, stop it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're, you're trying to make sure that your hero wins. I, yeah. and what I was going to say was, Watching that reminded me of, remember when they did the whole Marvel versus DC and people got to vote in to see who would win? Yeah. That was such garbage because it, it had nothing to do with skill. They had Storm beat Wonder Woman. Yeah. And they had Wolverine beat Lobo. Stop it. I mean, that 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 was all because that was a popularity contest. It wasn't yeah. based on skill or being you know let's let's face facts type of stuff it was people like wolverine more than lobo so wolverine wins it was such a uh horrible thing to do to the reader yeah because watching that i ended up flipping through the um online they had some panels of that i'm like oh it's painful to look at now mm -hmm. you know i i don't so it, it just it was my irk of the of the week the thing that irritated me that on top of um you know and this is of changing subjects and i'm sorry but it's the same type of thing i don't if anybody wants to post something on my facebook page that they think i'm going to be interested in and that's truly why they're doing it please do it i have no problem with it but i'm noticing more and more people getting snooty about you know putting posting things on on their page it's one thing if you're abusing it and you're um, somebody's trying to sell me, I don't know, glow-in-the-dark shoes or, or using my page to do that. But if they think I'm actually interested in glow-in-the-dark shoes, <laughs> I don't mind that. But if you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I know I've tried to post some stuff uh, on certain people's sites that I think they're going to enjoy. Like if we, if we mention somebody on our podcast... I'll post it on their page and say, hey, we mentioned you. You know, because it's it's flattering. It's showing yeah. we are supporting them. That's what this is about. It's, a, you know, the whole idea is to talk about things that we love and support the people that we want to support and think that are worthy. Well, I've had some people go, why is this on my page? Well, because we mentioned you or we mentioned um, this was a comic book artist, as a matter of fact. We mentioned your character that you are currently working on we thought you'd want to know uh and i just i don't know it put a bad taste in my mouth mm -hmm. so i just i wanted to express my disgust in the arrogance and some people yeah that's all it that, those were my two pet peeves of the week that i just thought ugh, you're not doing you're not helping anybody with this type of you know either injustice to a character or taking your Facebook page way too seriously. <laughs> you know, like, relax. It's a, it's a, yeah. a community type of love fest, in essence. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't have any irks of the week. Um, did you get anything good for Christmas? Uh, I mean, I got 
a, a number of good things for Christmas. Um, that was a weird Trans move. The <laughs> <laughs> total five days <laughs> jump into something else. I hate this stuff. How was Christmas? How was Christmas? Uh, jingle bells, jingle bells. Good. Um, I got a nice Lego book that um, kind of explains and and and. Uh, divulges the the history of lego and where they came from how they evolved um then goes into all the different themes of lego um and how those themes individually evolved into like what's currently going out and and stuff like that it was really nice it has a lot of pictures and information that i love um i got a hobbit book uh that's also in the same sort of deal it's all like production art, um, some J.R.R. Tolkien art, a bunch of stories of all of the production of it. It's a really nice book. Um, my brother got me Dexter Season 1 because it was the only one that I haven't had yet. Ooh, you need to lend that to me when you're done. Well, I'm going to see if he wants to watch it first, though. So, but right. once, if he doesn't, then I will. If he does, then I'm, as soon as he's done with it, I will. Please. Um, so there's that. Uh, I got a couple of Hallmark ornaments. I got a, a Captain America one from this year and then also like a lego darth vader one which wouldn't have been something i would have picked but it was cute that my mom thought it was something i would like and i, I do like it um and i'm not saying i don't but it's just it was just random like i opened it I was like hmm that's okay all right um what else did i get um oh hold on let me, let me take a look <laughs> uh oh what's over there uh I got candy and 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 um, oh, I got two of the Hobbit Lego sets, like two of the bigger Lego sets, and I put them together on Christmas Day. Had them on display for my family when they came over. Um, uh, and I, I bought myself a bunch of stuff. Or I guess I used Christmas money that I got for other stuff that I wanted to get. Like I got, I've been on a kind of a huge uh, Sonic the Hedgehog kick lately as as my interests sort of go in cycles or or divert um here and there i'll go on different kicks and sonic the hedgehog is uh the kick i'm currently on so i bought a couple figures that i couldn't find in the store on ebay for a decent price not great price but decent price um i bought like a, a plush a new plush sonic because I've, i have old ones galore hmm. but i wanted a newer one that i could sit in my room and you know not look like it was beat up for when I was five. Sure. Um, and I bought Sonic the Hedgehog 4, which is a digital download. Um, it's only on like the PlayStation or Xbox or uh, Wii networks. You can, I'm assuming it's on Wii anyway, but um, you can only download it. And uh, I liked it a lot. And I went online and was reading people's feelings and opinions uh, about the game, and they were trashing it. And this is after I'd played it for a while. I just wanted to see what other people thought and kind of reminded me why I don't really go on forums anymore to, to read people's opinions because they just kind of crap on everything. Uh, but I think it was good. I thought it was fun. I, and I grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, it was Mario and Sonic. I was there for the first stuff. I played the first stuff, liked it, and then I came and played this and liked it. So... I'm sorry, 15-year-old from Milwaukee. I don't really care what your opinion is on <laughs> uh, a true sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog 3 or whatever. Uh, I think it was pretty good for, yeah. for the time, and the graphics were awesome. And um, Yeah, I don't, <laughs> that's all I know about that. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Uh, I also um, 
I, I think I forgot to mention this, like, way back when we were talking about it, but, um, the first comic book stuff, and maybe I did, the first comic book I ever read, really, or with any sort of consistency, was the Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Oh, and I found them. Not that they were lost, I knew where they were, they were right in my room, but I started, like, getting interested in Sonic a little bit here and there, and I... Um, pulled them out and I started reading them. I'm still getting through them because I have like close to 80 some issues between Sonic and then there was a Knuckles spinoff that went for a while and I had that and then there was all these super specials and everything like that. So I read them and I've been reading through them still. Like every night I'll read a couple here and there. And they're pretty good. I mean, they are for kids. They're not, I guess it's like you know an adult sort of oriented title or anything like that but it has a sort of maturity and weight to it within its own universe that um i really liked and i uh i decided um to start picking up sonic the hedgehog again um in the comic shop and i read it and i i liked it well enough i mean i'm lost don't i haven't been following it there at like the when i started reading it i think the first issue i bought was 13 Okay, it, it, the, the, issue, the date on the comic is like 1994, so I was like eight years old or something like that, uh, and I have up to about 60, issue 60, pretty solidly through, like I'm not, I'm missing one or two here and there between like 13 and 20, but then it goes really solidly up to like 60 something, I don't know. Yeah. offhand now um so that's like a good number of years of collecting as a small child and right now they're on like 274 or something like that like it's been going on for a long long time now oh. and i'm just jumping in again after like 200 some missing like all of those issues um but i liked it well enough anyway is the point and i was gonna try to buy some back issues to see if i can just kind of catch up a little bit and you know see what's going on but um, man, they're hard to find. It is a popular comic book, and I can see why it's been going on for as long as it is, because, like, Dave has, uh, Comics on the Green, has very few issues of Sonic the Hedgehog. And I don't know if that's because he only orders a certain amount, or because it sells out pretty solidly, but I don't know. I guess I'm just gonna have to keep up with it if I want to keep up with it. And, uh, but I'm enjoying it, you know? It's, like, it's appealing to my, like that inner eight-year-old that you know first first enjoyed that and you know it's one of those things where i can um enjoy without having to feel like it's super heavy or you know important or anything like that it's just something i can have fun with well don best uh is a i don't know if you recognize her name uh, she was an artist yeah yeah she's a she's a friend of mine uh who i always see i haven't seen her recently at the conventions but uh She's a sweetie who we always get talking, and she likes Harry Chapin, so you know <laughs> we're always talking about Harry Chapin music and yeah. all that. Uh, I'll ask her maybe if uh, she wants to come on and be a guest one of these times, because yeah, cool. I I'd never made the connection with you guys uh, since you're so, so into Sonic and she drew Sonic, and you know that that yeah. would be fun. It um, would, be cool. um, but I I'm sure she, some she CDs too. Actually, she must have. I mean, she was she was an artist when I wasn't reading it. By I mean, that's just the way I was reading it for a number of years, obviously. 
Um, but I, she was at one of the conventions locally. Yeah, yeah. Seeing it on the flyer, like artists for Sonic the Hedgehog, and I was like, oh, maybe I should look into that, and then just kind of didn't. Um, but yeah, no, Sonic is like a huge, huge um, influence and 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 uh, like for me. It's just it's like like anything else for me where my interests always are. It's like a revolving door. Right. So that I never really get bored of anything or start to dislike it from liking it too much. Like, my love for indie is always there, but there'll be times where, like, it'll come around and and, um, and I'll be like, yeah, really heavily into indie stuff. <laughs> and spend the time on that sort of thing, like, whether it's collecting or reading or, or, or whatever. And then I'll, I'll let it fade into something else just so I don't kill it on myself ever. I don't know if it's a subconscious, it must be a subconscious thing, but like, I'll just, like I said, it'll just keep going around and around in cycles, um, uh, and, uh, it never, it never goes away, it's never like, yeah, I just don't care about that stuff anymore, like, like a small child would grow out of it, it's just, they take their turns. Yeah, it's part of it. So happens to be Sonic the Hedgehog's turn currently, so. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree, there's certain things, and if anybody wants to find out specifics look at our list on our face uh facebook page we have our list of things that are part of us and that's part of our i think our chemical makeup uh yeah i I always considered sonic one of yours um what was i gonna tell you oh uh, for me i got some stuff uh for christmas believe it or not i finally got season one and season two of the monkeys on dvd Nice. Yeah. I mean, it felt right. I, I opened up. I said, okay, this is right. This is... It wasn't right that I didn't have them on DVD. I had them on VHS. I had the whole big box set that looks like a TV that came out. And I got... I don't know how I got advance notice of it. Somebody sent me a card saying, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, VHS uh, is pretty obsolete now. And plus, I mean, hey, if you want to watch them, good. You're going to watch two episodes, but if you weren't in the mood to watch the second episode, or if you only want to watch that second episode, now you have to fast forward through it. And I was always big on making sure I wasn't damaging the tape. Well, now they're on DVD, and they come with commentary by Mike Nesmith, you know, and the other three guys, so I'm I'm a happy camper. That's cool. Um, I got <clears throat> all six seasons of The Dead Zone. Which I had season one, two, and three, but just hadn't opened them. I took the plastic off the first season. Well, yeah. Selling those three seasons on on uh, eBay, nice and cheap, for anybody who's interested. Um, but now, yeah, she she said, oh, it was easier and cheaper just to buy you the entire series. Yeah. Is it- to try and fill in the last three seasons that you didn't have. It yeah. was cheaper. I'm like, okay, fine, great. <laughs> um. I got some other good stuff too. I ended up buying for myself Batman Returns, or no, sorry, Dark Knight Rises, the double disc that you can only get apparently at Walmart unless you're going to get Blu-ray, which okay. I don't have. Um, I'm always, you know, with the DC stuff, I get the double disc. Um, yeah. I got, I bought myself Dark Knight Returns Part One double disc, which has a nice bio on Bob Kane. Uh, okay. Which I love the fact that they don't hide that he was an arrogant, delusional person. <laughs> Stan Lee's on there, sweet as he can be, and he's like, you know, I love Bob Kane, and we were friends, and but I think he believed a lot of the stories that he told himself, 
and tried to pass them off as fact because he wanted to basically be Batman. Yeah. Um, I got uh, me and Mikey because uh, he quote-unquote got them. He got Green Lantern, Thor, the movies. Okay. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man. And one of the things that I got him just for being a good boy uh, when I went and bought myself the Batman movies that I didn't get for Christmas, I bought him for $12 at Walmart all four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. Nice. I, I thought of you. I couldn't wait to tell you. Like last week when we were supposed to record, I'm like, he's going to love this. You know, it's funny. The um, Just real quick. Yeah. People always talk about like, what are the best superhero movies? What were the best ones ever done? And the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, almost no one ever says. And, and that is one of the best uh superhero comic book movies it's ever well, made. it's a well it's a good uh representation it really really is well i never saw the second one or the third well i've watched the second one since and we're up to the third and i remember it the infamous go ninja go ninja go vanilla oh. ice i heard about this for years before i saw it up until that part, that movie's awesome. I and agree. Even that part, as a small child, was okay. And, and it's funny, too, because I, I look at it now as an adult. I'm like, what is an established, quote-unquote, entertainer doing in the scum part of the city with his dance crew? You know, where they they fall Out into it. Out by the docks. Huh? Out by the docks. Yeah, 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 yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a club that's attached to a giant warehouse. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when you were, when I was, like, eight... Or nine, whenever that came out, probably even younger than that. Like that movie was awesome, and I still like most of that movie. I even like that part, like for the hilarity of it, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because watching it, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. No, they kind of it's it doesn't take over the film like everybody has said it does. Yeah, you know, going out of the water like it's. However, I'm I'm nervous about the them dressing up the samurai in the next one. Oh, that. It's you know what here's the thing with number three. Um, we watched it one night. Well, like I was, I had a couple friends over, and we we're like, yeah, what should we do? What as we normally are just drinking or whatever. Um, I was like, let's uh, let's watch Ninja Turtles three. It's got to <laughs> be ridiculous. Like it, de- it definitely is. Um, but there were so many quotable lines like in that movie mm-hmm. of ridiculousness. It just is. It's it's a ridiculous movie. But there are a lot of really funny things. You will laugh at a bunch of stuff. It's, it's funny. Well, and then the the next one is the animated one, which I guess they threw on there because it's supposed to be part of the same universe. Right. It's really good. Yeah, I love it. I've seen it. I saw yeah. it. Um, did I see it in the theater? I think I did. Yeah, I saw it in the theater and I love I, it because, I mean, I think the current uh, animated show is the best version ever. But boy, that's a close second. That movie... I mean, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. The rooftop fight with Raph and Leo is awesome. Oh, and, look out for that. In the rain, so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, it's like you feel that, like, weight of, of competition and, like, oh, it, it, it's good. Yeah. It's well, really good. Mikey's now uh, quoting and, re, you know, acting out scenes from the show and <laughs> and parts of the movie and, you know, that's that's his thing. If he's good, like he always is, uh, he knows he'll be rewarded by watching something. It, right. It'll, it'll be the Turtles, or we just watched Thor, so now I bought uh, the Avengers. It's only the one disc, because I don't have Blu-ray, right. and they're not tricking me into buying Blu-ray. Um, 
but I got the disc, and now up next, he's gonna see the Avengers. Nice. And oh man, yeah. Well, he knows them from the cartoon, and of course, he knows the superheroes. But yeah, he's in for some nice, fun eye candy. I'm not gonna let him see uh, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But uh, I'll watch him. I'll let him see certain scenes from the Dark Knight. Uh, the Dark Knight. It's on TV. I'm not going to show him anything graphic, but um, yeah. And then, yes. Huh? Speaking of turtles, there hasn't been a new one on for the past three weeks, right? Like, I'm not missing anything. Okay. I'll text you. I mean, I am missing it like crazy. I'm fiending for it like a heroin addict, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I keep like going into my, because yesterday I wasn't, um, I wasn't home. I was recording all day up in uh, Mount Pocono or probably a little bit past there. Um, and there's no TV at all. So I didn't get home until uh, last night pretty late, and I just kind of went to bed. But this morning I went, uh, before we were going to do this, I was like, let's see if there was a new Turtles yesterday, because I'll watch it real quick, and then we can talk about it. But there wasn't one, and I was just hoping my DVR didn't like miss it or anything. But uh-huh. okay. No, I'll let like, you know when, when I hear something. However, they did start back up with the Green Lantern and Young Justice. Yeah. So I'm. I haven't seen them. I'm gonna record it when it's on demand. And uh, but I'm. I'm thrilled. It's about freaking time. I only saw a couple <laughs> seconds of Young Justice. I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. apparently they have uh, Cassandra, not Cassandra Kane. Um, Steph, Stephanie Brown, Stephanie Brown, who I never liked as a character, but they have her in there subtly. You know, she's kind of there. She's not. I don't think she's in character. Again, I only saw two seconds of it, but. Um, I'm I'm so pumped to be able to actually see it once it goes on demand. Probably will be today or tomorrow. Yeah. It depends on the show because some things are right away. Other things they make you wait a week. Yeah. Um, most of those, most of the like hour-long dramas that we watch, um, they're on the very next day. Yeah. And they stay for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you could catch up with it or whatever. But yeah, the cartoon stuff—it's like it's here and there. Like I tried to watch a bunch of Adventure Time. And because uh, I, I think that show is so weird, but I love it. Um, and it was only like sporadic episodes here and there that they have on demand. But I mean, I, don't, I guess it's not something you need to. It's not something with a, a, a solid like through line that you need to see everything in order. But still, I would like I would like those cartoon shows to be more on the ball with putting them on demand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, at the same time, though, I'm glad that they are there for a while once they do get on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, another TV-related thing. You ever watch? I know we've talked about it. The show Hack. I don't think you ever saw it when it was on. It was on like oh, I don't know, early 2000s, I guess. It was okay. an excellent, excellent, excellent show. I had found, or Cindy, I should say, had found someone who was selling the two seasons. I don't know if it says the actual date on here. I guess it doesn't. Um. Okay, yeah, it does. 2002 to 2004. Uh, excellent show uh, about, let's say, the series centers on the fictional life of a former police officer, Mike Olshansky, who was fired for corruption. Working as a taxi driver in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the character considers it his duty to make up for his past wrongs by helping everyone the police wouldn't help. Uh, but he uses his, his partner, who's Andre Brower, it's David Morse is the lead. Um, and Andre Brower plays his partner who basically Oshansky covered up for. 
So now his partner okay. advanced. He's like a detective and everything. Well, he's kind of helping him when he doesn't he doesn't want to, but he knows that Oshansky could turn him in for corruption at any time. Anyway, excellent show. Lasted two seasons. They CBS hardly puts anything out on DVD, um, unless it's CSI. Okay. But uh, yes, Cindy found this for me. Okay, paid a lot of money for it. I go to play it. Disc one, nine, and ten don't work. Ugh. Yeah. So now I have to find someone, and I think I did find another somebody who recorded it from the TV, and I can buy it from. I sent them a, a an email just to say, "Hey, you still have these?" And they haven't responded. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I found only a couple clips on YouTube of it. But the, what makes this such a great show was it's not a, oh, I'm going to help you no matter what. There's a lot of episodes where he starts off trying to help these people. And in the end, he goes, you know what? You're on your own. Or there's a kid who uh, played by um, uh, Jason Ritter, coincidentally, who... He, he, you know, was hooked on drugs. His sister's trying to help him. And he gets, he's, he stole the drugs from whoever his supplier was. The sister accidentally flushes it. And Oshansky goes, no, 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 no. They know where you live and they want their, their stash. Mm -hmm. They're coming for you. So do you have money to pay them? Yeah. Sell your car if you have to. Bottom line, in the end, they set it up where... If they don't take it back, if they don't get the money or whatever back, uh, the cops, the kid, Jason Ritter, is supposed to be wearing a wire, but he's so bad on the drugs, all he cares about is getting his next hit. In the end, Oshansky just turns him over to the cops, says to the sister, sorry, I tried to help him, but he's just too effing stupid. You know, and what made that show so great was it, it wasn't predictable. In yeah. the end, he doesn't, not only does he not save anybody, but he'll turn on them, too. It, it, oh, it was brilliant. And, and the couple episodes that I did get to see so far that were, I, you know, reminded me of what a great freaking show it was. Um, which reminds me, I'd like to, and you may have a subject, too. I want to ask our listeners to jump in. What is a show that you think went away too early? Like, for me, it's Hack and Journeyman. Those are the two shows that should have stuck around. Journeyman only got 13 episodes and was, you know, done before they even aired it because of the writer's strike. Yeah. I would like to hear what people, you know, what, do you have any or do you want to wait? Let's wait. Let's wait until the next podcast because I want yeah, to see yeah. what people, people have to say just so, you know, we can we can mention them. Okay. Um, did you have any kind of question like that? Um, you know what? Uh, I don't. I don't. No. Let me. I'll think of. I'll think of something for the next time. Because this this time out, that's the question for our audience. You you handle the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, yesterday was uh, just to wrap it up. Uh, yesterday was Everly's first birthday party. It was her first birthday. And, uh, yeah, and she loved it. I mean, she's one, but she understands the decorations and gets excited. And, uh, just to share with you, it's so funny because this is the first birthday party that I've been to where it's girly. Uh, 
You know, I've had my party, yeah, I've yeah. had Mikey's party. This was pink. You know, and, and it, I don't know. It didn't bother me because it's my daughter. You know what I mean? Right. I was actually kind of proud. Cindy was always, when we have a daughter, she's not wearing pink. I hate pink. Pink is such a cliche. Well, guess what? Everly looks cute in pink. Yep. So, so that's what, you know, it, it, it was all little princess crowns and, you know, but it went well. She she got her little cake to make a mess out of. You know, it, when, when you give the baby their first birthday cake, the tradition is give them either a piece of cake or their own little cake that they can just dig their little claws into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got the uh, traditional birthday bath right after that. <laughs> um, but let's wrap it up. I guess. Yeah, and we should. We'll, uh, we'll get doing another one next week. Um, just to tell everybody, uh, please contribute. Any artist, we're still looking for some good artwork. Um, and Nick has his movie coming out. What Valentine's Day, right? Valentine's Day, yeah. I put uh, the trailer on our on our page. There's a new trailer. Yeah. I, I, if, two. What's that? Trailer number two was the one that I saw. Yeah, that, that one just uh, just came out. Um, I saw the movie already, actually. Uh, I was given a link by the director um, so that I could see it ahead of time, and I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. Um, it took a long time to, to come together, uh, over a year now, okay. uh, for a short film or whatever. But, you know... I think when you uh, step away from a project and then revisit it with fresh eyes and, and some fresh ideas and some a little more experience, um, you put something together really, really well. And, and that's exactly what he did. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy with it. So there's that. And then you could also like um, my band page on Facebook. We're going to be, uh, our, our band name is The Day Men. I don't know for anybody who watches uh, Always Sunny. It's an Always Sunny reference, hmm. um, and uh, we we just record. Like I said, we just recorded um, Friday and Saturday. Pretty much spent twenty four hours doing that, um, and I think that's going to come along really well. So we'll have a demo at some point, Sweet. Um, and play some shows. So I'm excited about that as well. Hmm. And. Um, yeah, definitely check out the trailer, like the yellow fan page. Watch it on Valentine's Day. It's a very nice, um, a very nice little movie. I had, I teared up actually watching it, and, and I'm in the stupid thing, so <laughs> I, I was just like, what, what is going on? Um, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about it, and I would love some feedback um, from people. So, yeah, check that out. And uh, of course, Harmony Constant. We have our two songs available. Uh, but look for us on Facebook. I try to keep that active. I try and have music-related questions or commentary uh, just to keep, you know, because I'm not cranking out music every week like I'd love to. But uh, we do have Alone Again, and the story of us is on iTunes and Amazon and, what, uh, CD Baby? Basically anywhere that they'll allow you to sell music online is, is just type in Harmony Constant. You're either going to get us or Mike Nesmith's song, Harmony Constant, which is what we're, you know, the title came from. Um, right. um, but yeah, uh, please do and tell your friends, for love of God, share our pages. We're, 
I want to thank everybody too. That was one of the things I posted was thank you everybody who is already listening and liking and giving us their two cents on uh, anything and everything. You know, we're, we're all for it. Hungry for it, actually. Yep. Uh, but I get to pick today's song. He does. Yay. <laughs> uh, and in my, <laughs> in my ultimate quest to basically touch upon all my favorites before I circle back, even though I'm always tempted to. Um, I want to do a Paul Simon song. Ooh, okay. Uh, it's funny, to talking to Jen, as we were that time, she mentioned how she got the most recent Paul Simon album. Uh, so so Beautiful or So What is the name of it? And when I, I saw her a month ago, I got, you know, I asked, what, what did you think about it? Uh, she wasn't keen on it. And I agree with her critique I, I love and accept everything Paul Simon does just because... Paul Simon? Well, yeah, but I mean, he has a way, and this is what is odd. He, he can make the strangest lyric or rhythm. He can cram a, a complicated line where nobody else should. You know what I mean? I, and I can't yeah. give you a specific, uh, specific example, but as I, I think of them, I'll write them down. Um... He'll write a line that will sound corny if anybody else. Like, I know if I wrote it, I'd go, ugh. Uh-huh. I, no, I don't like it. He makes it work, and I think it's the sincerity of the way he delivers a line uh, through certain songs. You go, wow, he actually pulled that off. Mm-hmm. Um, but in his last couple albums, they've been... Um, what? He has said since Graceland... His writing technique is based on rhythm, okay. the rhythm of a song, and then build it from there. Which, okay, that's cool, but I think what, what has lacked in the last two, You're the One was an album that I got which sounded like the Paul Simon that I want to hear. Um, but the last two have been what Jen said, and they've been just kind of lacking. They seem to be more hooked on... Um, rhythm more than an actual song structure that you're going to hear on the radio and and i judge it by is this going to pop in my head is this going to is this something i'm going to walk along the street and can't stop myself from singing uh-huh. and none of his songs necessarily have that recently yeah uh so that i agree with what jen said the the last couple have lacked that sort of fun singer songwriter structure but the song I wanted to pick, which I couldn't find a decent version on YouTube, because that's where I've been pulling my songs from. Uh, the one I wanted to pick was a, lo- it, a Long, Long Day. And I find myself, since I've been getting all, I have all his stuff. Um, I find myself appreciating the, the, non, uh, the lesser known songs. Everybody knows 50 ways to leave your lover, you know. Right, right. And it's not that they're not excellent. It's just that everybody knows them, and I'm very much about let's promote the other stuff. Uh-huh. So when I would make a sample disc for people, I wouldn't put those songs on them. I'd put the other songs on. Yeah. And Long, Long Day is one of those. Well, since I can't play that one, uh, I will pick um, I Do It For Your Love. And it's very quotable. Um, I don't even know how to properly explain it, but it's very much about a couple who, 
you know, they talk about, and Cindy and I quote this all the time. Uh, you know, we were, we were married on a rainy day. Sky was yellow. The grass was gray. Just great, great visuals. But he talks about having a cold all that winter. We shared a cold, drank all the orange juice that we could hold. Uh, it, I love it. I love it. And it's a very well-paced song. It's catchy as can be. It's got a, a couple during the break. It's got a nice quick spot. It's just a well-rounded, well – and that's the thing about Paul Simon. His voice, and I think you'll agree, very sincere. Yes. Right? Like you can tell it's that yes. sort of – there's no arrogance there. It's very vulnerable, I guess would be the way to explain right. it. Right. So that's the one I pick. It's called I Do It For Your Love. Okay. So, Sounds good. All right. We will uh, catch up with everybody next time. Please send us your two cents of – especially about the question this week. Uh, what show do you think got canceled way too soon? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. See you next time, everybody. Adios, everyone. Till we meet again. <laughs>
Love emerges and it disappears. 